0: Thirst for Aaron Asham information not quenched with the first two hours of part one. We'll get ready to drink up because here comes part two with Aaron Asham.
1: nice Meister, and really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my! Did Mick plant one on C-card? Wow! You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. The spinning, spinning. Who's he going to go after? The drop drops
0: to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. I am your host, Joe Lozito. Episode 21, Part 2, with Aaron Asham. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I usually say they're pretty good, and again, it really has nothing to do with me. It's, uh, it's the guests. Asham is, uh, is a great interview, and um, I, had a, I had a lot of fun doing it, and um, I know that you'll enjoy this one, but uh, more on that later. Uh, first of all, I hope every dad out there had a happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm sure this was a different type of Father's Day than you're used to. It certainly was different uh, for myself. Like I had said in the other episodes, we, uh, we usually like to go to some minor league baseball. I, I guess major league baseball if uh, there's no minor league games uh, available to go to, like you know maybe the Mets or something. But um, we enjoy a day at the ballpark. And of course, we couldn't do that this year. So uh, we just hung out at the park, played some games. Uh, I had a great time with my family. I wish it was about 20 degrees cooler, but uh, you know what? It was hot as hell, but I was with my two sons and my wife, so it was a pretty damn good day. So, uh, like I said, I hope all you dads out there had a wonderful, wonderful Father's Day. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year we can go back to our regular Father's Days. Uh, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Joe Maricich. You've heard that name before on this show, and uh, you're going to keep hearing it. Joe is the artistic genius who designed my logo. He celebrated a birthday on Saturday. So, Joe, happy birthday. And if you like my logo and you're interested in having Joe do some work for you, you can get him at GraphicsJoker on Twitter at G-R-A-F-I-X-J-O-K-E-R or at LoudEgg.com. If you've seen my logo, you know it's pretty awesome. Uh, Joe made me look as good as probably as I've ever looked, and um, easy for me to say. Uh, Joe's really talented. Definitely reach out to him for all your art projects, Uh, second to none as far as I'm concerned. Also, as usual, uh, check out a few other shows. If you like my show, you will most likely like these shows. Uh, First of all, the Fourth Line Voice podcast with Darren, uh, the OG, the guy who started it. Uh, Darren is on the Hockey Pod Network, Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, same network that Terry Ryan is on. Tales with TR. I was uh, a guest on Terry's show. I was a guest on Fourth Line Voice. Also, um, definitely check out his show. I'm trying to remember who he had on this week, and of course, I am not prepared. Uh, I know I listened to it, but um, son of a bitch. All right, sorry, Darren. Um, but Darren puts out two episodes a week. Uh, Darren's uh, Prior, Incarnation was a, um, a show that he did on his own. His website crashed. Now he's on the Hockey Podcast Network. So he puts out two shows a week. One is a classic show from the archives, and one is a brand new episode. So you can catch Darren twice a week on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, five for Fighting with Alec. Alec Olin Salen, ex-Marine, uh, does a you know, similar to this. You've heard me talk about it before. Um, and uh, Alec, Jesus Christ, I am... God, do I suck today. Alec just had an episode, too, which I don't remember. You know what the the issue is for myself, because I subscribe to all these shows. So they actually appear, as you know, hopefully if you subscribe to this show, they appear on your iTunes or Apple Podcasts before they appear to people who don't subscribe. So most of the time, I'm refreshing it, and all of a sudden the show pops in, and I, I listen to it right away. And sometimes I have their shows listened to um, before they even post it. So um, Darren's show I listened to first time, first date was out. Alec's show last week, the first date was out. Um, but Alec always has some really good guests. I think he said he's got two or three shows in the can ready to go, so that's good. I'm kind of jealous about that. Um, one day I'll get to that point where, where I have multiple shows to choose from. Maybe I just like to live life a little dangerously or stress myself out one or the other, but Fight for Fighting podcast with Alec. Definitely check that out. Uh, A couple other things. Darren has a YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. He posts thousands of fights on there. So chances are if you've ever watched a fight on YouTube, um, probably was posted by Darren. And Alec on Facebook has an Enforcer Appreciation page. And uh, on there you have uh, a lot of tributes. And there's a lot of enforcers that are part of the group. And it's, it's really... It's a good place to go if you just you have questions or you just want to appreciate, obviously, Enforcer Appreciation. Uh, appreciate the job that they did. There's plenty of Enforcers in there. Everyone's cool. Um, every now and then you get an idiot that wants to post some dumb shit, but they kind of weed them out right away. So um, As far as Darren goes, Fourth Line Voice Podcast, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, Alec Fight for Fighting Podcast, Enforcer Appreciation on Facebook. And then uh, the Bucket Drop podcast with Bobby Longgrass. Now, I think this is the third week in a row I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to record with Bobby this week. We're going to do a Top 10 Islanders and Forcers. And uh, we haven't done it in the last two weeks. And uh, I think we're going to actually hook up this Thursday. So uh, I will post about that when we are done recording and when he's going to post it. Also, I have been posting a lot recently about merchandise for this show. Um, I... I have a history of being overzealous when it comes to certain things and I posted about t-shirts Well, I got the prototypes in for the t-shirts and the graphics on the back, which I wanted to be orange Actually, they kind of looked a little red It's weird because if you look at it in daylight, they kind of look good in orange If you looked at them in the house, they kind of looked red. I wasn't really thrilled with it. Um, I sent an email to the company um, maybe five days ago. The reason why I don't remember how many days ago is because they never got back to me. Uh, I sought out some advice from a friend of mine who does his own merchandise. And, uh, he basically goes through a website that makes all sorts of stuff. And, uh, the good part about that is there's no overhead for me. The old way, I was going to have to order a certain amount of shirts, certain amount of mugs, uh, anything else I wanted. And I'd have to, uh, lay out the money, and then hope that everyone who said they wanted merchandise would come through and buy it. We're now uh, going through this website. uh, It really is a win for everybody, because I don't have any overhead. Um, And when you order, you're going to order directly from them, and they're going to make what you order specifically for you. Uh, They're going to ship it to you, and it works out great for everybody. The best part about the whole thing for you guys is that the the price will be cheaper. I believe when I was doing it on my own, uh, it, the shirts were going to end up being a little, like $31, $32 uh, plus shipping. I think with the website, the shirts are going to be around 25 26 bucks plus shipping. So, um, and they ship worldwide. I was going to ship worldwide too, but uh, this just seems so much easier for everybody. Uh, it'll be easier for you. You can order right through a website, uh, pay with PayPal, pay with your credit card, whatever. Uh, easier for me. I don't have a basement full of stuff Which would be hard to do since I don't have a basement, but I don't have any any product sitting here they make it as you order it and um, Probably the, the coolest part is when I was gonna handle my own merchandise. Uh, I was basically gonna limit limited to shirts and hats and That was about well not even hats cuz hats were another fucking ordeal but shirts and mugs and maybe another thing or two with this website i believe i have approximately 22 items for sale so there's there's men's shirts there's women's shirts there's children's shirts there's uh blankets there's towels uh socks um Mm. flags and for those of you out there who are thinking you know we're thinking about having a baby i don't know if i want a baby what are we gonna wear what's he gonna wear because you can never find baby clothes anywhere there's you can't find onesies anywhere uh they're so difficult to find, baby clothes in general. I mean, where do you find them? Well, I believe I have the answer to your prayers. You can buy them a Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box onesie. So um, that will be available also. This is, this is what I'm talking about. The way that this is set up, there's so many different products that you can buy. I don't have to make them ahead of time. I don't have to store them. Uh, but you have this tremendous opportunity. You can actually raise your children. You can buy them a Coliseum Chronicles onesie. Then you can buy them a child's t-shirt or a child's hoodie. Then you can buy them a unisex t-shirt hoodie. If they're, uh, if they're a girl, you could buy them a girl's t-shirt. Um, there's a, a girl's tank top. There's all sorts of variety here. You can raise your children, not only on the show, listening to the show, you can raise them in Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box gear. So uh, I will have that website hopefully on Monday, maybe Tuesday. Uh, but again, I'm pretty excited about it because it, it gives everybody... The opportunity to buy different sort of items and it's a lower price for you there's no overhead for me and the variety is just outstanding so um i hope that everyone who said they were interested at least checks it out um, even if you just want to laugh at the fact that you can buy a coliseum chronicles onesie or buy a coliseum chronicles socks uh, all that stuff is there and uh, i'm pretty excited about it so uh, definitely check that out once i post the website uh, You know I have to rant a little bit about something. So uh, I I picked two things. Easy for me to say. There I go. My voice cracking. My son is to my left, and he gets a kick out of that. So uh, I'm glad I could give him a laugh. Um, Seattle. Seattle. They don't have a name for the hockey team, but they have a name for the arena. The Climate Pledge Arena. Um, Okay. So I I think Amazon bought the rights for it. Instead of um, naming it the Amazon Arena, they're going to name it the Climate Pledge Arena. And I don't think it's been announced yet, so I'm going to give you a scoop. That girl, that climate change girl with the, the scary eyes, the beady eyes, she's going to drop the, uh, op- the puck for opening night in Seattle. She's going to drop the puck. And hopefully the, uh, the visiting team's captain, because generally on those ceremonial face-offs, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's the two captains that take the cere- ceremonial face-off. And hopefully the captain of the visiting team does not put his stick down first because he doesn't want that little girl to look up at him with those scary eyes and say, how dare you. So um, hopefully that uh, that goes off well. But uh, but there's your scoop. That, uh, that little girl, the climate change girl, she's going to drop the uh, puck for the, uh, for the season opener whenever Seattle comes to life. I hope they're called the Totems, which means they definitely won't be, but, uh, but there's your scoop. And finally, one thing I want to say that seems to be an epidemic now across Twitter mostly, um, these new age fans that can't, wa- you know, as you know, obviously with COVID, uh, there's no, there aren't any live sports. Uh, I mean, there's some uh, MMA on there. I think there's uh, auto racing, maybe golf, uh, but I absolutely no. Live hockey, so I think every network and their dog is are show. They're showing the classic games, and inevitably, once they show a classic games, the uh, the new age fans have to go on there and say how the old time players could never play today. And they're not talking about the old time fourth line players. Well, they're you know Wayne Gretzky, he wouldn't be what he was today. If he played today, he wouldn't be what he was back then. Mario Lemieux, the same thing. Uh, basically, pick your Hall of Fame superstar legend from back then. Put them today. If they even make the team, maybe they're a third liner. Well, I'd like to tell those people to please shut the fuck up. Uh, first of all, let's do the math. When these guys played, there were 21 teams, which means you had once you filled 21 rosters, the next set of best players went to the minors. Now you have, what, 30 teams, 31 teams? I don't even know, 32, however many teams there are. I know there's at least 30 teams. So what that means is, compared to when guys like Gretzky played in Lemieux, and if you go, obviously, way before that, Gordie Howe, Bobby Hall, Bobby Orr, compared to when those guys played, now you have nine additional teams. Now, do the math, stupid. Those nine additional teams are nine rosters full of players. Who would be in the minors now I know I know what you want to say well the best player on this team would be in the minors no follow me it's nine rosters full of players who would either be on different teams in the NHL if they're good enough if not they'd be in the minors because obviously when you have a, a league of 21 teams you're going to have far less players in that league than when that league expands to 30 plus teams so Wayne Gretzky Mario Lemieux Bobby Hull, Bobby Orr, Gory Howe, Brian Trottier, Larry Robinson. These guys were playing against better competition on a nightly basis. It's simple math. Think about it. Okay. Um, I think it's time that, that, and and again, I think a lot of this comes from the analytics people because once again, one thing I always say is you, you're you're using analytics to judge something, and you never you don't even have to watch the games. They could just give you numbers, and then you're going to plug them in it's the stupidest thing i've ever heard so i guess the uh, the the equivalent i want to give is this so um last summer my wife and i saw queen with adam lambert and obviously queen is a legendary band uh, adam lambert is more of a pop star but whether you like him or not uh it's no denying that the guy can sing he's, he's got an amazing voice and um you know you always get those people that say well i'm not going to see it it's not Freddie mercury or whatever or, you know you get the the Van Halen, Van Hagar people that won't ever listen to anything from Sammy Hagar because somehow they think it's blasphemy or that Dave will be mad at them. But uh, but the music is amazing, and my wife is a Queen fan. My wife's an Adam Lambert fan. I'm a Queen fan, so sure we went, and I was. It was an amazing show. It was it was seriously one of the best shows I've ever seen. And the thing about it that I liked the best was you have Adam Lambert who is a successful artist on his own, doesn't ever have to do any collaborations with anybody. I'm sure he's rich enough right now for a few generations of Lamberts after him. But the thing that I thought was fantastic was he's on stage with this legendary band, and he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury. He's not trying to be Freddie Mercury. He's being himself playing with Queen. And the one thing that was obvious during the whole show was the reverence in which he held the band and which he held Freddie Mercury. It was like, here's a guy who, he thought it was an honor, and I'm sure he does think it's an honor. He thinks it's an honor to play with a band like Queen. He wasn't out there trying to make it about him. He was part of the band, and probably embarrassed to be part of the band because I know that you can just tell how much, how much he respects what the band had, has done and did with Freddie Mercury and has done without him. Um, but it was just his reverence that he had and i really respected that because i think with a lot of today's generation everybody today they want things quick they think they can do it better than than the older generations um and it's just not that way and i think a lot of these people forget that stuff you have today was built on the backs of the prior generations and the nhl you have today was built on the backs of guys like Gordie Howe and Ted Lindsey and Bobby Orr and Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux Um, of course being an Islander show, we talk about Brian Trotty, we talk about Mike Bossy, Dennis Podman, Billy Smith Um, The league you have today wouldn't exist if it wasn't for these great Hall of Fame players that you guys now shit on, okay? You're so stupid if you don't think that Wayne Gretzky wouldn't be amazing today As he was back then you don't think that with all the advances in fitness and with diet and with all this other stuff that the players today have available to them that wasn't available back when Wayne Gretzky played you don't think he would take advantage of that and still be the greatest player that ever played you're a numbskull also do yourself a favor take a look Google Gordie Howe or Bobby Hall there's a famous picture of Gordie Howe where he's, he's wearing a pair of shorts and he's fishing and the guy is just shredded. He's got, I think, negative body fat. And this is back in... When was this taken? The 60s? I don't know. 60s or 70s? I don't know when the picture was taken. Gordie Howe never had the opportunity to use fitness equipment like the players have today. And Gordy Howe... The shape that that guy's in is insane. Bobby Hall, the same thing. Those guys were in sick shape. And they're doing it back then in the 60s and the 70s when didn't have the fitness advances that you have now. You didn't have the diet. Nobody had uh, their own chef, or their own dietitian or their, you know, their own trainer. There was a trainer for the team, and a lot of these guys came to camp to get in shape. Now guys are in shape year-round. So I'm not shitting on the players of today. They, they should take advantage of all this stuff. But, please, before you tweet something stupid, like the superstars of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s would be third liners today, don't, don't, because all you're showing is just how ignorant you are Wayne Gretzky is the greatest player of all time and nobody from today is going to ever take that mantle from him I don't care how many goals Alexander Ovechkin scores nobody will ever be as good as Wayne Gretzky and I don't care if you agree with me or not that's fine, that's what makes the world go around but please, show some reverence to the people that came before these guys that you so love now if you can even pick them out of a lineup because a lot of you just look at the numbers Anyway, uh, I've rambled on quite a bit here, more than I wanted to. Uh, But, again, I think as far as hockey goes and as far as life goes, to the young people out there, show some reverence. um, Because, you know, everything you have today, you have because of the generation before you. And the generation before you has what they have and had because of the generation before them. And if you think Austin Matthews is a better player than Wayne Gretzky, all I can say is you have absolute shit for brains because it's just not true okay um with that i will present to you part two of my interview with aaron Asher. enjoy so this brings us to the lockout season 2004 2005 and um you ended up playing for a team in switzerland called i guess this hockey club how did, how did you end up in switzerland
1: i was actually went i actually went back home during the lockout and uh and uh, I, I was playing, actually, senior hockey with all my buddies that I grew up playing minor hockey with. So, so the first half of the year, uh, I, I think I went up to Switzerland in January, but the first half I was playing senior hockey back home with. I had a cousin that uh, that, I'm, that I'm really close with. We got to play together, all my old hockey guys I played with. So mm-hmm. that was great. And then uh, around Christmas time, I got a call from, uh, from my agent saying that this club in Switzerland, contact me about going over there for the last like I think it's like two weeks of the season, and then playoffs. If I was interested, like I was having a ball back home, like playing with my buddies, it was it was a lot of fun. But I decided, you know, the season, you know, was we it was still kind of in the balance. You know, we might be going back, we might be going back. So I was like, I better get my ass in shape. So yeah. So uh, I agreed. I went over to Switzerland for uh, I think I was there for like six weeks, seven weeks and then I hurt my knee when I was over there and I was thinking oh my god this! I know what's going to happen the season's going to start up I'm going to be injured it's, it's yeah. going to be a shit show but uh, yeah. but you no know, they just they cancelled the season I finished yeah. up in Switzerland kind of toured around went and seen uh, Sven Boutenschon you remember Sven? Yeah. oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so spent, Sven was in uh, was in Mannheim, Germany so okay was, so we so we took a trip up there and spent a few days with them and you know, our, 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 my daughter and my, with my first marriage and his kid were around the same age, so so they got to hang out a little bit, which was, which was nice. But uh, yeah, I got to tour, went to the Matterhorn, and went hung out there for a couple of days. It was a, it was a really
0: good experience. I uh, I loved my time when I was there. You know, I know that uh, I'm sure nobody was happy about the lockout, uh, obviously, uh, for many reasons. No. But I have to say that. With a lot of the guys I've either interviewed or spoken to, you know, off the air, uh, it's cool to hear that a lot of you guys really made the most of it and went to Europe and saw things you might not ordinarily see, maybe till you retire, if at all.
1: Oh, it was yeah. it was a great experience. Like like I was literally on on top of a mountain. I think it was Vistretirement. Uh, I think the mountain was called, but it was it was pretty it was pretty wild, especially for you know I'm from the prairies, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm flat. my dog run away for three days like that's (laughs) how flat it is yeah and then going up to there you know it was it it was was great it was a great experience i loved it you know fresh bread every morning it was good great coffee the pints were pretty tasty so it was it was a great experience the chocolate
0: chocolate was great so oh that's now i want to (laughs) go yeah it's honestly
1: like i I would love to go back there and and just tour around like it was it's just a beautiful country the people were great they, uh, when, when I first got there, they, uh, I'm a I'm, uh, I'm Métis, I, I got you know, some native blood in me, mm-hmm. and uh, so when I went up there and I did this first interview, they, they asked me about my heritage and about, you know, about ind- being indigenous, and so I talked about it, and then uh, the first or second game I was playing there, I had like a, basically a section, they had headdresses on, they had... Oh, wow. their faces is painted they had drums and they're cheering and chanting for me and that's uh... it was it was pretty cool yeah, yeah. But, you know, people are like oh don't you find that racist but you know they're just supporting me they're right. supporting my culture and you know mm-hmm. it, it wasn't out of malice it was you know it was you know they were uh, they were happy to have me there and yeah you know I, I I thought it was I thought it was cool like it was really cool and yeah you know, I didn't find it racist at all.
0: That's that's awesome. That's actually that had to blow you
1: away. That's so cool. It was it, it was crazy, yeah. and I had a good game. Like there there wasn't much hitting there, so mm-hmm. I was just just killing guys. You know, open ice hits, and <laughs> yeah. it was it was fun. Like plus, no, you know, no one was going to try to fight you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of all course. the guys, I, Sut, actually, Sutts was there. Andy Sutton was in uh, was playing on a different team. And okay, play, got to play against him, but we were just we crushing, guys. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. You know, it, it was great. <laughs> so when the when the NHL comes back next season, um, you uh, you lost Kerensy. He went to Florida. Uh, you yeah. gained Johnny Erskine, though another big tough defenseman. Uh, yeah. God- Goddard was still here. Kevin Colley joined the team. Um, any memories uh, of any of those guys? Like I know Goddard, you played with on the island. You played with him in Pittsburgh. I actually think for a guy as tough as he was, I think he's kind of underrated. I don't want to say he goes under the radar, but he's not often brought up in a lot of conversations, and I think that guy was tough as shit.
1: Ah, oh, Godsey was yeah. killer. Yeah. yeah. Godsey was really tough. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that he went through what he went through with his head and his concussions, yeah. and, you know, uh, he was, like, we were really, really tight when he was here. Like, we are you know, uh, I knew his situation. I've been there. Yeah you know, coming in, and, you know, I wanted to make him feel as comfortable as possible, you know, I had him sleep on my couch, or sleep in my spare room a few times, and, you know, had brought him for dinners, and, uh, you know, I really took a liking to him, and he's a great guy, you know, really great guy, he's just an unbelievable guy, yeah. tough as nails, tough as nails, Will do anything for his team, and, you know, uh, now, it, he's uh, he's doing a lot better, he was having some seizures. He got he's on the right meds to help those calm down, so hopefully he's living a, a good life. I still talk to him every now and then.
0: Good, good. Yeah. Um good old Godsy. Yeah. One of the guys I mentioned was Kevin Colley, and uh, his career unfortunately uh, was ended uh, when he I guess he went head I, I don't say I guess when he got he went head first into the boards and had a neck injury. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. you, you were dressed for that game if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember that situation?
1: Oh yeah, it was like like a call sink. Same, same thing with, with 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 kevin when he he came up uh,
0: you know i took a liking to him he's a
1: great kid he worked his uh worked his sack off and you know he did the he did the he did the dirty work you know he he was a he was a bad boy. yeah you know he you know, he's just just getting uh, his foot in the door just getting established. and you know and something like that happened and you know the team uh you know the team took it hard uh you know he was uh he, he was a
0: lawyer the scene put on like that was uh, was definitely gut-wrenching. yeah um one of the guys you fought that year who later became a teammate was brendan witt uh wit uh hit jason blake and of course uh yeah. you know you went in to defend him and uh what'd you what'd you think about <laughs> i know right uh what, what'd you think about uh fighting i mean obviously later on you got to know him but uh brendan witt's a pretty tough guy too
1: yeah Witt was really tough it was uh he hammered blakey and i i remember going on the ice and uh I actually waited by the penalty box till he got up, and then we went. Then we went at it. But oh, he's a tough guy, you know. He he was a, he's a Western boy. Yeah. You know, I played against him in uh, in juniors for a year, and uh, you know he's he's a, just a tough Western boy, and yeah. you know uh, you got to do what you got to do. And do and then later became my teammate, and you know he's just a great guy, good family guy, loves animals, loves dogs. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if he still has a sanctuary out in Montana or wherever he was doing, but. You know, uh, I see him on Twitter, I talk to him on Twitter every now
0: and then, and great guy, teammate. Yeah. Uh, One guy you fought for the first time this year, I think you fought him a few times, and it was actually his first official NHL fight, was uh, Mike Richards in Philadelphia. Uh, You remember your fights with Mike?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I remember Richie, he's, (laughs) you know, he's a young kid coming in, tons of upside to him, and, you know, he wanted to establish himself, and, you know, by then I was, you know, been in the league for a few years and kind of, kind of had a reputation as, you know, being able to hold my own and, you know, similar in size. And, uh, you know, it's, he wanted to do her up, so we I think we, we did it twice and,
0: yeah. you know, we went on to win uh, two cups and, you know, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for the, uh, I think your first fight, uh, you had a couple of fights with this guy. And this guy, every time you fought him was a war, I'm sure everyone feels the same way because honestly, as tough as he is, his stamina is basically second to none. And that's Cam Jansen, uh, who was with the Devils at the time. Those had to be some... Ex- and your, your stamina is good too, so the, but that, those had to be some exhausting yeah. fights when you fought Jansen.
1: Oh, it's totally exhausting. Your, your forearms, your, your lungs, everything's burning. Like me and Johnny, I, I don't know how many times we fought—five or six—but they were, they're usually a good, forty-five seconds to a, you know a minute long. And for fighting-wise, like that's like those are long, those are long battles. Yeah. But a lot of respect to the guy. I, I a couple years later, I, I ended up playing with him, and mm-hmm. you know we had uh, we had great battles. You know, nothing but respect to each other, and you know that's all you can ask for. Yeah.
0: Uh, so the next season, which unfortunately was your last with the Islanders, um, there's a coaching change. And I, I thought on the surface that this would be something that would be really good for you. And I I don't remember if it really worked out, uh, if it worked out like I had hoped. But the Islanders brought in Ted Nolan, and you seem to be the kind of player that he would like. You know, everyone remembers what the crew had in Buffalo. Um, plus, uh, you're both um, is it First Nations? I don't want to offend. I'm yeah. Not that I defend yeah. you, but you're both First Nations. I figured it would be sort of like a match made in heaven, but I don't, I'm not sure it was. Was it?
1: It started off alright. Yeah. Uh, started
0: off fine, and then
1: uh, I'm not sure what what switched it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it just seems like the, the you know after the first few months, it was kind of like just playing the fourth line role, and you know not getting uh, many opportunities. You know, I don't know what it was. It just, yeah, I guess he just didn't like my game for some reason, or didn't think I could, I could play uh, a regular shift and kind of. Uh, I, I think I remember having a having a meeting with Snowy about it. I, I told him, I asked him, "Let's go for a coffee." And you know, I got to get a couple of things off my chest, and that's when Snowy was GM at the time. And, you know, I said, "I don't know if it's going to be like this all year, but if it is, like, if you can move me or or what." Snowy is, uh, you know, obviously I played with him for a few years, and he was a great guy. And, uh, obviously, he didn't move me, but uh, you know, the next year, I think it was the next year, I, I uh, ended up going to uh,
0: Jersey Devil, Jersey, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, before you end up, well, before you end up in New Jersey, one another guy I want to ask you about who was the assistant coach that year, uh, who was also a guest on this show a couple episodes ago, uh, was Danny LaCroix. He came over with Teddy, and uh, I would imagine that you yeah. and Danny probably got along pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah, I got a lot yeah. of Danny. Yeah. yeah. Danny yeah. was a good guy he uh, you know he played the game hard he was a mm-hmm. tough guy and you know he knew uh, you know he knew our mindsets because he was he was one of us you know so he yeah. knew it was it was a tough job and you know it's sitting on the bench for you know 12 minutes 13 minutes and getting shoved out there to try to do something that, you know it's tough it's not it's not easy playing five six minutes a game yeah so you know, most of the times you're uh the first few sh- you're trying to get your legs going and by then it's it's a very period and, you know, last ten minutes you know you're not getting out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless it's a blowout. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it that that's a tough, you know, part of playing this role and it's not so much a role but I guess it was back then, but mm-hmm. you know, it was it's definitely uh
0: it's definitely a tough dude. but you know, I wouldn't give it up for anything though. Uh, and one guy you played with this year is someone who is one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, probably, depending on if, if you rank these guys, whatever, uh, arguably maybe a top 10, top 15 tough guy of all time, uh, and that's Chris Simon. Uh, for me, I had met yeah. him a long time before that in Quebec, and just the fact that on the back of I always say this with certain guys, the fact that on the back of Chris Simon's hockey card, it says New York Islanders, uh, that's huge for me because I absolutely love the guy. So, um, what was your experience playing with Cy? Oh, great! I love Sai. Yeah. Uh, we're, you uh, know, obviously
1: we had that first, the First, uh, first Nation uh, Indigenous ties, and mm-hmm. you know he was he was a tough man, Chief. He was a, he was a very tough, and he had a lot of skill. He scored yeah. thirty and uh, scored thirty in Wash. So, yeah. you know, he had, he knew the game. He could play the game, and he was a tough tough man he was a left he yeah. <laughs> he could chuck him i mm-hmm. can tell you like, especially back in his in his prime in his early years like he was he was giving it to everyone like ty he yeah. was you know he was he was no joke when he was with the uh, nordiques and then with colorado plus yeah. with his long hair
0: mm-hmm. he was
1: scary as hell scary as hell it
0: um it had to be not you know it had to be scary because uh you saw him snap a few times too uh with the, I usually it was against the Rangers. I think there was an incident yeah. with uh, Hallway maybe or something. Yeah. I mean that 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 guy, you know, and it's funny because I try to tell people if if you catch him on a regular day or whatever where he's not he hasn't basically lost his mind. He's the most mild mannered, polite individual, soft spoken guy that you'll oh, yeah. ever meet. You just don't want to get him when his wires are crossed.
1: No, his wires are touching. He's losing it. Yeah, he got.
0: Uh,
1: I hit from behind pretty good by Holloway, and yeah. uh, I kind of turned around. I didn't really see much of the play, and then I seen him get up, and,
0: <laughs>
1: and then, you know, the rest, yeah. uh, the, the tomahawk chop to the to the face, mm-hmm. and I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what he, how many games he got uh, got there. I think he was 20, wasn't it, something I like that? It was something like, like that. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, after, after, you know, he was he was pretty upset with his, you know, about what happened. And, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, I don't think anyone would, but you know, that's uh, what happens when you poke a bear. You know, <laughs> yeah, a big bear. <laughs> yeah, a big bear with a mean
0: laugh. You know, Aww. so
1: uh, yeah, he uh, knocked that one out of the park for
0: sure. Yeah. Well, for everyone who's listening, uh, I got one of my best men on the job. I got Kevin Kaminsky is uh, trying to hook up, uh, connect Cy and I together to uh, to get him on the show. So everyone, keep your fingers crossed, because. Uh, I think that would be an amazing episode. Uh, you know, like I said, I love the guy. I'd probably uh, fanboy out a little bit before we start recording because I haven't spoken to him in a while. But uh, but I hope I can get him on the show. I think it would be great. Yeah, I can yeah. try
1: to shoot him a text too and uh, oh. get, try to get you guys in contact.
0: The more the merrier, trust me. That would be great. So, uh, Yeah, he's, he's,
1: uh, I, I, I think he's in Wawa. I think he's back uh, on his reservation. And, uh, you know, I think uh, he's doing well now. He's uh, getting healthy. and Good. You know, getting there. You know, everything seems to be going well, so it's, uh, it's really good to hear. That's great. That's great.
0: Um, one of the things I've always said about the way the game is let's people say progressed but I just say the way it is now is uh, when you, when you take away a lot of the toughness, you take away a lot of the characters. You take away a lot of character players, um, guys that just get it, have a good time, whatever. And you know, just just you you. It's a serious business, but you can have fun too, and. This season, and it's a picture that I think a lot of people have seen, and I, I think it was a game uh, against Buffalo, and before the game, I think I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was a retro night, whatever they were doing, and you came out for warm-ups wearing a big Afro wig. Uh, yeah. What was the impetus behind that? Well,
1: it was actually funny. I, I, had, uh, I had an assistant that year, uh, one of my, uh, at the time, my girlfriend, but obviously she's my wife now. Mm-hmm. She had a friend that... Uh, you know, was looking for something to do, and, you know, I'm not good with doing the bills and the rent and all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff, so I asked him, I said, hey, you want to come down to New York and live with us, I just got, you know, two English Bulldogs who were puppies, so I needed help with that when I was gone, I was like, I'll pay you so-and-so for the month, come up for the eight months, and, uh, you know, be my, uh, my helper, Mm -hmm. so he was like, yeah, perfect, so he came up and lived with us, and (laughs) took care of everything, it was, uh, it was hilarious though. I never had an assistant, that was my first time, but he earned his money, I tell you that.
0: And how does that
1: correlate to the wig? Oh, the wig, it was his <laughs> idea. Oh, okay. And uh, it was him and my girlfriend's idea, and they're like, why don't you, you know, it's retro 80s, nice yeah. why, why don't you go with the afro? and, You know, Clark Gillies had a big one, and you know, all the guys, mm-hmm. that's actually a good idea. <laughs> so uh, it was morning skate I, I I asked Teddy, I'll say, hey, retro right night thinking on you know would you mind if I wore a wig out for, for warm-up he's like oh I love it so, he's like, Give her. <laughs> so I so we picked up this big astro and ran to the rink and I, I don't think any of the guys knew yeah so I, I actually got on the ice and then I started flying around I actually scored two goals that night too I think
0: I'm sure you did I
1: mean why yeah, not right I, yeah I, I actually <laughs> think I did i was i should have wore that every friggin' while but yeah i remember Breer gave me a look Dupont we're looking after you know i got a pretty good laugh out of it
0: so um season ends i guess uh, you're a free agent uh you'd already talked about you know things didn't really work out with teddy there um were you ever thinking about coming back to the islanders or in your head did you think it was time to move on
1: no I, I definitely wanted to come back I, yeah. I, I love the island and, you know I love the guys and, you know I, I that's the thing with me like every team that I was on you know I was willing to stay I wanted to stay it was just you know mm. things didn't work out they brought a different guy in or you know you know how the business works and, yeah but yeah I, I always loyal, very loyal and I wanted to be an islander and mm. things didn't
0: work out and
1: you know, I had, had to pack up and uh,
0: Drive down I ninety five. Yeah, and uh, when you went to the Devils, your coach was former Islander Brent Sutter. And um, as far as like the, the Islander players go, and yeah, you know, everyone knows the the names and everything. Brent Sutter is a guy for the career that he had. He kind of flies under the radar as far as really impactful Islanders. But if you look at his numbers and you saw him play, the guy was a very good player. Um, how was he as a? They were all
1: all, all the Sutter. Of- yeah, you know, they're
0: all battlers,
1: and you know, tough family, great family.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, as a coach, he was just coming from junior, so I think he kind of still had that junior mentality. And and uh, I actually got a funny Yogi Bear story. Story. <laughs> this is one of his first. This is his, like his first team meeting. Like the team with the team was picked, and uh, Lou and Yogi were. You know, they're 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 good friends, and he was always around the rink. And so we're having this meeting, and <laughs> right off to the uh, the side of our our dressing room in the practice facility is a steamer and a sauna. So S- Sut up up it, his meeting, right five minutes in, Yogi Berra comes walking out of the steamer, buck naked, right. He looked like a melted candle, right through, <laughs> right through the middle of the meeting. Right when Sutzy was up there talking and. Everyone's kind of giving a giggle and Brent kind of stops and kind of looks around and is like, well, I think you said to Larry, he goes, Larry, who was that? <laughs> and Larry's like, oh, Alice, that's Yogi, don't worry, he's around all the time. So, but we had a pretty good kick out of that. Mm-hmm. But Other than that, like he was, I, think he, I think it took him a few, uh, you know, maybe a, a year or so to kind of, you know, we're, we're professionals, we're grown men. Yeah, but uh, I I only had the you know the one season under him and uh, we kind of butted heads a few times. But you know he wants to win. I wanted to win. You know it's you know
0: that's what happens. Um, the coach wasn't the only one you butted heads with that year. Uh, you fought a couple of guys. One guy who I think you're pretty good buddies with now, uh, Riley Cote, who was with the Flyers at the time. Uh, you had you had an absolute slugfest with him in New Jersey. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh I
1: remember because I think we were we were up 2-1. to one and, and Jersey just, you know, it seems to seem like they always just beat the shit out of us, beat the shit out of the team. And, you know, Johnny uh, was hurt. You know, he had uh you think he threw his shoulder out or he separated his shoulder. And then so there was, it, it, it was me and, you know, trying to, you know, not, uh, you know, trying to, you know, show them that, you know, we're not going to be pushed around, you know. So Riley was out there, he was running around and I remember when I jumped out there, I lined up against him and Sutter was yelling at me like don't do it, don't do it, don't do it so I looked at him, I gave him the head nod and then we squared and we dropped the gloves and squared off and uh, yeah, we had a rock and sock uh, fight, he split me for uh, I think a four or five over my one eye uh, but we had a good fight I kind of, uh, you know got a couple of good ones in at the end to kind of put them down so it was a it was a pretty even fight for sure
0: yeah when we uh we you know you know andre and i and the boys we, we yeah. spent some time in philadelphia and uh, i mean just watching him progress from the phantoms to the flyers and i mean he yeah he whenever they would play norfolk his his battles with sean thornton were just unbelievable no, yeah. and i knew i know authority a little bit and Talked to him before the game, and he's like, Yeah, we're going tonight. I know we're going. And, you know, watch this. And it was just unbelievable. I mean, you know, it makes, if you feel good for a Riley Cote when you look at his stats, and, you know, when he's in the Western League, he wasn't really a fighter and where he came from, and, and the guy ends up playing with the Flyers. It's like, how could you not, like, love a guy like that? You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, like, and, like, Riles isn't the biggest guy. Yeah. You know, but his, his, his balls, he had, you know, biggest balls in the world and he would uh, you know and he would fight everyone and he did yeah. fight everyone and he never backed down you know he was all you toe to toe he's you know just a great teammate great guy a lot of, like we had so many laughs together playing playing with each other and you know we just he's just uh, I have nothing nothing bad to say about him as a teammate as a player you know he uh, he worked his nuts off went through the East Coast made it to the AHL and you know played with the Flyers, and, you know, uh, great guy, great family guy, and uh, you
0: know, he's got his little uh, little business going now for him, which yeah. is great, and he's helping a lot of people. One thing, I'll, uh, two things I'll always remember about Riley Cote, whenever I saw him, I always think he had a black eye, and yeah. the other thing that stands out, and if he if he still had it, I know you'll laugh, but I will never forget seeing him, when he was at the Phantoms for a lot of their events, he would wear this all-white suit. Did he still have it when you played with him? I
1: know he had. Uh, I can't remember. It wasn't a white one, I don't think. But he had a different. He had a, like a. He a, like a bright pink or a hot pink or some <laughs> type of, uh, of suit. Okay.
0: When uh, when he was with the Phantoms, hilarious. When, when he, he was at the Phantoms, he, he, when he we, we were styles. Oh, when we were with the Phantoms and he was down there, he had, from head to toe, pearly white suit. It was unbelievable. And you know, you you go downstairs and you know guys come out and you know depending on if it's. Uh, where they're going, Every, you know, players like to look nice, the guys are coming yeah. out, whatever, and here he comes, head to toe in white, I mean, everybody just stopped and stared, it was unbelievable. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> exactly, the shoes and everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another guy you fought, an old friend, uh, you hooked up with in Vancouver, Mike Brown.
1: Yeah, Brownie.
0: Yeah, so uh, you remember that fight in Vancouver? Yeah,
1: I was hung to the gills, I believe. <laughs> uh, Roxy gets you every time, but yeah. anyways, we, uh, yeah, he uh, took a run at me, and next thing you know, it's we're we're, we're scrapping him Yeah, we 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 always had a had a good fight there, old Brownie.
0: Yeah,
1: he uh, he he did well for himself. Oh, you know, yeah. He's not a big guy either. And, you know, he uh, he did well, and I'm not, sh- I'm not sure when he retired, but it wasn't
0: that long ago. I don't think. I don't remember actually. No, well, good for him though. Yeah. Uh, your last fight that year was against an islander short-term islander Matthew Spiller uh, I don't remember where that was if it was in Jersey or on the island. I don't know if you remember that one. That was in Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you remember that one? Yeah, this
1: there's actually a little backstory, but I don't know if I should say it or not,
0: but anyways, I will. Okay. <laughs> no problem here anyways
1: uh, because, because you see Weeksy going crazy on the bench and all this stuff all uh, like a couple nights before we're in Colorado me, Marty, John Madden, uh, Jay Pandolfo, You know, we land in Colorado. We don't play for two more nights, so we're like, "Hey, let's, let's go crap, you know, a couple of beers, get the last call." So we end up going to this establishment, and we get last call. So we're just sitting there and you know, minding our business, and these two guys—they're they, actually there's three of them—they're walking out, and they notice Marty, bro, there. So these guys start chirping Marty, just chirping Marty, and Anyways, we finished up our drinks, and we're walking out, and just, <laughs> just chirping, chirping Marty, and these, the two of them are in, like, nurse's, like, uh, nurse, uh, what are they called? The Greens, or whatever they're called. They must have just came from work, or okay. like, whatever, that, whatever is. Whatever, yeah, whatever those things are yeah. called. Scrubs?
0: Scrubs? Oh, scrubs,
1: that's Okay, yeah. Scrubs. So, uh, they're chirping, chirping, and finally, I had enough. I had a little bit of buzz, so okay. I was like, come on, then, so I took my suit jacket off. I handed it to Marty. I was like, hey, I'll be right back. <laughs> They're in a cab waiting for me. So I go out there, and I'm fighting these three guys. And I, uh first guy comes running at me, and I just throw a, hit, a right, drop him. Second guy, right, drop him. Third guy, right, drop him. So I threw three punches. I drop these guys. Two of them get back up. Running after this guy tries, like, a karate kick at me. And I just time him and, just, and hit him with another one, drop him. And then the other guy comes and hammer him and drop him. <laughs> anyway, so I threw five punches. I knocked these guys down five times, and ended up just jumping in the cab and going back to hotel and these guys were looking at me like it was like what the hell? <laughs> but grow- like growing up and I I fought more in the street than I did on the ice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well I grew up with brothers and, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I but But anyways and that so the next so we ended up having a few beers, leaving, beat up these guys. Go back, we play Colorado. We ended up winning, I believe, and then we get back home and we play the Islanders a few nights later and that's when I played the spiller. Mm-hmm. And I throw the one punch and and, uh, and and drop them, and that's why Marty. You see all these guys on the bench going crazy because of <laughs> the, the Colorado. So, so yeah, we had we had a pretty good chuckle about that but Spiller, I, I didn't really know anything about him. Yeah, you know, I kind of just chipped the puck out, and you know, a guy probably you know wanted to you know get a good reputation, start mm-hmm. you know, kind of get his name out there. And, Definitely, you know, I got a you know, timed him very well had a good grip of him, and he, uh, he couldn't get at me at all, and I I just knew that, you know, he was going to try to do something, and
0: yeah.
1: I just waited for him to grab that other arm and try to throw a left, and I came over with my right, and good night.
0: Well, in the, um, good. yeah, well, in the intro to part one, or the outro, I don't remember which one it was, I made mention to the uh, interview you did with TR on his uh, original podcast, where uh, you guys get into a lot of your off the ice stuff back when you were younger, and you know yeah. I, I try to tell people for all the stuff you did on the ice, and and your stories off the ice are insane. That I put you up there right with Darren Kimball as far as uh, off the ice stuff. It's just bananas. But uh, oh I, yeah, you know <laughs> that would have been uh, something to see that night in Colorado. I bet, but it's not surprising in the least yeah
1: yeah if you ever run into any of those guys just just ask them because I, <laughs> I, I don't want people thinking i making it out but
0: no yeah
1: it was it was it was hilarious
0: no i i i can vouch va- i'd listen i'll vouch for you <laughs> I, I i'm well aware of your exploits and you know it, it's not bragging if you can do it so uh sure. so it, it i uh, i know you're not bullshitting anyone here so as much as i would like to say i think you were born to be a hockey player you were born to be a new york islander i think if i'm being honest with myself you were born to be a hockey player but you might have been born to be a philadelphia flyer and uh, i think you ended up you played the one year in jersey how did you end up in philadelphia uh, i was
1: having a lot of problems with my hands and 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 then like my my last year in i think with the with the islanders i think i, I only had like maybe five or six fights like i had a poor and wrist, and so finally got it fixed and uh over the summer went in and then uh, got a call from paul homeroom and you know he's like you've been fighting us for so many years you, <laughs> guys, you want to come enjoy- and <laughs> <Come enjoy> us?" <laughs> yeah so i was like you know i was i was like for sure you know i've you know we have uh philly had a you know we had a little bit of a fan base back home with 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 the flyers and i had some buddies that were big flyers fans I was a flyer, you know. I used to love watching Reggie Leach play there.
0: And, yeah,
1: you know. Uh, so I was like, for sure. And uh, you know, what a time that was! It was yeah. uh, my hand healed up finally, and you know, I, I felt like it was a hundred percent. And
0: you know, uh, I went in that year swinging. <laughs> well, and for people that don't follow or didn't follow, say the American League, you know, years ago in the in the eighties, um, nineties, whatever. Um, Philly had a player named John Stevens who spent most of the time in Hershey Uh, you know, good character guy uh, very, very smart hockey man he's basically a lifer in the Flyer organization I think he went to LA for a little bit but um, he was the head coach when when you were there Uh, and the assistants were two pretty tough guys Craig Berube and Jack McElhargy so um, you basically had three guys on the bench that I think could really appreciate your style
1: Oh, what, like, those guys were Jack and uh, Jack Mack and, and, and Chief, this unbelievable assistant coach. You know, Johnny had, you know, even though Johnny wasn't, you know, a hard-ass, but, you know, he had the coaches, they got to play that role. Yeah. You know, I, I, I played against Johnny, I think, mm-hmm. his. I think my first year and his last year in the minors. Mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of knew him that way, but it's uh I didn't mind him. Yeah. You know, I didn't mind Johnny at all, and I just loved Jack. Yeah. i just love mac i love chief and uh, you know it was uh it, it was definitely a fun year and you know i just came up against pittsburgh and
0: i uh, just couldn't get by him sid gino it's tough dude now is it better to be on the same bench with riley cote as opposed to dropping the gloves with him oh it was, it, we
1: had <laughs> we, we had we had so many laughs yeah it's like because usually you know we are usually in the middle. You know, sitting. You know, so we'd have a lot of great, great chats. We would mm. the, the the score clock game. And, you know. Yeah. Riley usually had candies in his gloves or gums or something <laughs> for the period munch so on that. It was, uh, but yeah, it was definitely great having him as a teammate because you knew every game he was he was looking for it. He, he you know, he he wanted it so. You know. Definitely nice having him on my team.
0: You know, I think the first guy, believe it or not, in all the years I've been a hockey fan, the first guy that I ever knew that put stuff in the cuffs of his glove or the the wrist guard of his gloves was actually simon he, he used to keep uh back in his washington days i think he used to keep double bubble in there or something like that i never yeah i never ever thought of that and then it, once i once i saw that i'm like that that actually makes a lot of sense you know i think uh Stalker had that too in montreal i believe oh is that right
1: he Usually had, yeah he usually had something in his gloves another great guy yeah
0: oh <laughs> man i uh He's unbelievable and he's a character too. I mean, uh, oh, you know. Here, yeah. Now, you played with um, a couple of guys here. We already talked about Riley. Josh Grattan, another super, super tough guy. Um, you know, never took a backward step to anybody. Uh, and also, a guy that's been been in the news. I'm not going to ask you anything that you don't want to say. We'll stick to the hockey aspect of it. But uh, for Dan Carcillo, you played with him and Josh Grattan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I love Josh Gratton. I, I saw him play with the with the Phantoms again while I was down there. I think that guy is ultimate warrior. Uh, what you have any memories of Josh? And then um, as far as Dan Carcillo goes, just uh, what kind of a teammate was he? And I, I don't need you to go into anything because I don't, uh, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Uh, but uh, what are your memories of those two guys as teammates? Well,
1: Gratton we're like all of us, like me, Carbon, Gratz Riles you know, we're all kind of cut out of the same cloth.
0: And, yeah.
1: You know, we uh you know, we did our job and, you know, we battled and you know, we like to uh you know, we like to have some fun off the ice and the partying and stuff. But you know, Gratz was just he was an animal. Yeah. He 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 could he threw him hard and he wide open. Not too much defense, you yeah. know, but you know, another guy that could that could play the game, he wasn't wasn't just out there to fight like he could you know he had a good shot he he read the game well you know just a great guy he, he uh he was having some problems with his head and some questions i read a i read a story last week but you know he's back on track he's training
0: good
1: you know uh he's healthy which is great and uh you know he's he's taking steps forward which is uh you know which i think is important for everyone and same as dan you know car bomb and you know that's all we did all year was his lap. You know, yeah. we had we had Hart we had Hartnell there. We had Richie and Carts, mm-hmm. Chemo teaming in. You know, we had Lappy. We had Prong. Like we had a, a second year. We had a you know we had a great group. And you know, uh, you know all the stuff with Dan now is yeah. you know that's his beliefs. And yeah. you know, uh, I'm his friend. I'm going to support whatever he does. I might not believe in a lot of this. You know, believe in everything he he's going with. But you know, I'm his friend. I'm going to be stick behind him hundred percent. And, you know, if he needs my help or anything, I'm going to be there for him. And, you know, it's, uh, he's going through a situation that, you know, none, none of us know what's going on in his head. And yeah. he's trying to do, uh, you know, better for, for himself, better for, you know, players that we're going through that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I take my hat off to him and I'm there for him if he ever needs me. That's for sure.
0: Well, it's just the kind of guy you are. So that's not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like your first fight with with the Flyers was against Mike Rupp and it was in Philly and the crowd every home crowd enjoys a fight. I mean I know people you know the new age fans and whatever would like you to think that fighting isn't popular but everybody that's ever been to a game knows that it's the only time in a game when the whole crowd stands up. So but when you fight in Philly uh, and you do well in a fight and the crowd goes crazy is it a little different? Oh,
1: it's definitely different. Billy fans are, it, it, they're they're hard to explain. Like no, nope. <laughs> there's they're passionate. You know, they, yeah. I I I just love my time there. Yeah. And, you know, playing it playing in front of those fans, and I'm I, I always remember coming in and, and very very intimidating. You know, it's a intimidating building to go into, especially when it was the old Spectrum. Yeah. Of, you know, going in there in the in the minors and. It was, you know, it was terrifying. You got Frank, Frankie, Bielowicz. Yeah. And, you know, those guys running around and. <laughs> but uh, you know the you know the Wachobi at the time it was it, it was hopping. You know, it was a uh, you know two two great years of, uh, of my career there, and you know we almost uh, walked away the cup.
0: Yeah. Um, an Islander that you fought uh, that year was Tim Jackman. Um, yeah. You, I think you fought him twice in the preseason, and you fought him uh, <laughs> once in the regular season. Uh, do you remember any of those fights with Tim? Yeah, you're wrong, there. I am? Well, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I fought him once in
1: preseason and two in the regular season.
0: All right, well, I, like we discussed earlier, math is not well, my I'm strong suit. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to, just trying to correct you We but strive yo, we for mean, accuracy.
1: The first uh, <laughs> exhibition, it was kind of like a scrombin. You know, nothing was really thrown, and uh, our second one was in Philly, and, mm-hmm. you know, I I know how to fight big, tall guys, you know, lanky guys without getting much damage, and we had a good fight there at the end. I, you know, I, I don't know if I hit him with a solid one, but he kind of off balance. It looked like he did. He, he went down, and the fans looked crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one in the island was... That was a, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a good one.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah right bomb.
0: Yeah. Um, one thing I know I'm right about because I can just guess it every year You fought Cam Jensen again this year uh, I think it was in Philly he was definitely with St. Louis uh, more yeah. of the same I mean it's like bring a lunch when you fight this guy
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, it's they're long they're always long and uh, he uh, yeah he actually he, he hit me with a good one and kind of put me to my knees and I kind of got up and got, got, him, uh, got him towards the end but all, all are places Mm-hmm. Long, they're marathons. Good fights, entertaining, and uh, you know, no one got hurt. Had him mm-hmm. on the ass, the job, and uh, you know, it was all part of the, all part of the
0: job. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a very good fight with uh, Coletta. Was it Patrick Coletta, uh, Buffalo? Yeah, you remember yep. that one? Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope was, so. that was this toe to toe, right? Yeah, like, Yeah, he, yeah, he he hit me a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Like,
1: yeah, I had like little Barney Rubbles all over my head. Idea. I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. But yeah, we, we we had a we had a great kill. I hit him. I didn't throw much many laps when I you know, but that one I that was probably one of my best laps I've thrown. And I I, I don't know if you could it shows it on, on on the video, but I uh, I, I hit him pretty good. But we had a we had a great kill. I actually met him through the NHL doing the the Learn to Play programs. no yeah. And we had a meeting there. Went out had some beers with him. Had a lot of laughs. Just a great guy. Really yeah. good guy. Yeah. He played the game hard. Played yeah. the game hard. You know, he's uh, but he
0: was, he was tough. He, he could chuck him. He definitely could chuck him. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So we go into the next season, and uh, same similar cast of characters you had, but the Flyers did make an addition, um, and unfortunately he's no longer with us. But another guy, real character of the game, and everybody likes a goalie who's tough, and that's uh, Sugar Ray Emery.
1: Yeah, yeah, poor, poor Sugar, you know. Uh, but yeah, he was he was a competitor. He was, yeah. you know, that year, if, if if he was healthy and he didn't go through his hip problems, we I think we would have beat Chicago. Like, yeah, no you know, nothing against uh, against late or anything like that. But you know, he wasn't. He came from the minors, and you know, yeah. he, we had a great defense, and you know, he he, he did play great for us against Boston. and and uh, and then uh, Montreal, but uh, you know, I think if we had Ray, you know, I think uh, I think we would have had a uh, definitely had a chance to uh, to win that series. And, you know, uh, but uh, he was a great guy, great teammate, and it's just uh, just what a what a loss. To, uh, you know, so young. You know, yeah. uh, it was yeah. just uh, it was definitely tough news. Car- actually, Carbom actually called me and 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 told me about it. Oh, that's how you found
0: out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he called me because
1: they're they're tight, and mm-hmm. I think I got a call from Riles after, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, had a little cry. And,
0: yeah, for sure. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Um, this season marked um, it began your series of fights with uh, someone I know that we're both very fond of, and that's uh, Zen and Kanopka, your poker buddy now. Yeah, uh, right. he was with uh, Tampa at the time, I think you fought him a total of five times and uh, this season you fought him twice I believe, I could be wrong but at least twice um, first fight I remember was very good and then the second fight I think the officials jumped in early I don't think either of you guys were happy about that
1: I think that one was in Tampa right? I think so yeah Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it was I, mm-hmm. I was, it was, it was going good I, I had him tied up pretty good I, I, I hit him with a couple of good ones and then and the refs like, jumped in quick and I was I was like, what the, you know, Yeah. I fought him, but like, I, I know he's, you know, he's, he's coming back, he's not done, you know, he wants to continue fighting,
0: and,
1: Yeah. yeah. they jumped in, it was it was weird, but I was, you know, tired, I guess, I don't know, it was weird, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know, I, I felt bad for him, because it, you know, it, it looked good on my part, because <laughs> I, I got, you know, I had the first, you know, the first little bit of the fight, I was actually doing pretty good, but then the ref jumped in for some reason, but, you know. New NHL now. Yeah. if well, all the
0: time. If I, if I get a chance to ask him, I'm going to ask him the same question. Who's a better poker player? Oh, my God. That's an easy question. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Okay. I'll let you know, I'll let you know what he says.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to say the same
0: thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in my notes here, it, I'm going to read it verbatim. Ho-hum. Another classic fight with Cam Jensen, but we've spoken enough about Cam. Um you came to um, Van Riemsdyk's defense. Uh, he was laid out by Colby Armstrong in a game against Atlanta. Uh, do you yeah. remember that hit?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I know they were. Uh, I think they were kind of jabbing each other off the, off the draw, and uh, you know Colby's a Western boy. He's, yeah. Uh, you know, plays the game hard. and Laid a nice hit, and uh, I thought it was a little late, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, I went in there and uh, had to do my uh, do my thing, yeah, like like anyone else would. So. Oh, for well, I, that's the thing.
0: Not anyone else would. Um, some people. No, would. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm not. I, I didn't mean it that way. I yeah. Right. Like
1: anyone else would do. Would have done the same thing. So yeah. I was mm-hmm. just the first guy there.
0: Right, but I, I'm All saying right. I, there were some guys on. You could pick any bench in the league, and not everyone would jump in. They should, but uh, not. I don't think everyone would. But
1: uh, I, I think G Giroux uh, was on the ice. We had me, G, and. Reamer, I think, so I, G wasn't I, I,
0: I, I, I didn't want G to do it, so. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Now, um, you had a little thing with Matt Cook. Now, I'm, I'm not a big Matt Cook fan. Um, I know you he, he, he became a teammate, isn't it? Could be a great guy, I don't know. Um, did he bite you? Yeah, he did. Now, he's, he denied it, but is that something that you guys may have discussed when you were teammates?
1: No, we, yeah, we talked about it
0: we definitely, we definitely talked about it. I was, uh,
1: yeah, I remember because there was a scrum and kind of jumped on him around. and around. I was obviously trying to give him, you know, the face wash. And yeah. My hands got close to his mouth and he clamped it on. And that's why I went crazy. I was, I was literally trying to break his neck, so was punching his back of <laughs> his neck as hard as I could. That <laughs> was, I was pissed. And then, uh, the next year he was kind of, you know, water under the bridge. Yeah. Talked, had a little chat about it. And, you know, uh, that was it and, uh, you know. Cookie's cookie. <laughs> I plays didn't... the game hard. Plays the game hard. Great guy. Like I mm-hmm. I got along with him good. Uh you know, he just uh he played his role well.
0: Did uh, did he admit it to you that he bit you? Yeah. Oh yeah. He didn't admit Well he yeah. in the I mean obviously in the papers he's gonna say he didn't, but he he said he didn't yeah. bite you. So I just wanna I just wanna uh you know get it on the record that he actually admit that he bit you. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. i <laughs> to rub his face and you know give him a friggin' fish hook. So I yeah.
0: would have done the same thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as you mentioned already, this season um, you made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and um, yeah. uh, what what is that like? What's the journey like? Because um, you know I think everybody, you know, if people are being realistic, no matter what sport you like, it's the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win, and. Uh, because even teams that necessarily don't play a certain way in the regular season, you have to play that way in the playoffs. And it's just a different animal, playoff hockey, different animal. Even now, with the how passive the game is in the regular season, it gets turned up a little bit in the playoffs. And it's the ultimate grind. And, um, you know, you played regular. You played 23 games in the playoffs. I mean, what? Yep. You, you do go through a whole regular season. You start the second season. Uh, I mean... What, what is the feeling of, of being on a team where you're not so much – I don't want to get to the point where you're so close, but you don't win it, but just that you play your first round, you win, you play your second round, and you're driving that way. That, that's got to be an amazing thing. Oh,
1: it's, it's like the it's season is an unbelievable grind as it is. And then, you know, the goal is to make the playoffs. Like, yeah. And we came down to the, our last game, we went into a shootout, against the Rangers to, uh, you know, to see what make the playoffs and we ended up, uh, you know, winning that shootout. Going in against Jersey, we played Jersey well all year. I think we were four and one, five and one against them. So, you know, we kind of had their number So going into the Jersey, you know, we were very comfortable. And, you know, I think we beat them at five and uh, we went into Boston and we kind of stumbled over the gate. And, you know, next thing you know, we're down three nothing. Going into overtime in game four and, you know, uh, Gaggy scored a huge goal and Richards hit Krejci and broke his wrist and it just kind of changed the series And you know once you win that first game yeah. I, I, I I don't know if it was just me but I, I think everyone just had that gut feeling that you know that we knew we could do it we went back and won game five <laughs> went there won game six well, no actually we won game five there we came back home we won game six and then back to Boston, down three nothing in the first period. Huge timeout by Laby. Mm-hmm. Reamer scores a big first goal for us, and it snowballed from there. Yeah. After that first, even after, once that timeout happened, once we scored that first goal, and we went back in the dressing room. I we were like, we're going to win this game, boys. Like we knew it, we knew we were going to win it, and mm-hmm. it just snowballed. And let me tell you, what a feeling that was. That yeah. was like winning a Stanley Cup there. Like it, it was just unreal. And then we went into Montreal and. And beat them in five and you know and then we made it to the dance something you every hockey player dreams about you know ever since we could walk and you know i won it a million times in the streets and you know i finally had my chance to uh to play for it and you know uh just unfortunately uh you know we came up short and but uh but what a run and, you know the the city was electric the the game the fans were unreal it was just uh you know, it was one of the highlights, definitely the highlight of my career was, you know, getting a chance to play for, uh, definitely the hardest trophy to win in sports for sure.
0: I am, um, Philly, you know, we, we talked about this, uh, before we started recording the first one. I love, I love the city. Uh, I love the people. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I, they're on the internet more and they're on the little clips and everything, the Philly fans about the crazy stuff that they do. But, I, I the, to me, they're just passionate, and yeah, you get a couple of nut jobs that do a little crazy thing. But I, I, I was there. We lived there when the Phillies won the World Series, and um, we were there when the Eagles made it to the Super Bowl, even though they didn't uh, they didn't win against New England at the time. Um, it would have been a am- I would I would have loved to been there when if you guys would have won. Uh, and actually, I, I I guess I was. It there. would it would have been unbelievable to win in that city because. Oh you know, it's an Eagles town. I mean, there's no question it's an Eagles town. But the Flyers really, you know, the Phillies, they love the Phillies, they love the Sixers, but, I mean, it's a blue-collar town for a blue-collar team. When the Flyers eventually win the Stanley Cup, it's going to be unbelievable.
1: Oh, it's going to be insane. Yeah. Insane. Like, like uh, it's, it, 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 it's hard to explain, you know, how you know, passionate and, you know how crazy those playoff games were. I I, I had friends and family that came down and, and they were just they just couldn't believe it. And it was you know that's why they got some of the best fans in the world really, Philly for
0: sure. And and I tell people this that I'm not a basketball fan at all. I don't I don't get it. I don't hate it, but it's just not my cup of tea. But I was living there when they made it to the finals against the Lakers. And even I kind of you don't you kind of get lost in it. You kind of get wrapped up in it because. The city gets so behind the team, and not that, yeah. not that I lived or died with the Sixers. I I couldn't care less. I mean, obviously, it would have been great if they won, but I. It, the city is such a great sports town that I know. Yeah. I know when the Flyers win, it's it's going to be insane. Now, in uh, your first season there, you had your career high in fights in regular season, seventeen, and then your second season there, you had fourteen more. Um, is it just something about the jersey, that logo, the city? that just kind of it, it. you get into that flyer mentality I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you walk through, everyone talks about like, you know, you played in Montreal and you have the, the Ghosts of Montreal with the, all the great players that played there and the Flyers have had some great players but everybody knows what the Flyers are known for, and as a player, are you obviously you're aware of the history, but yeah, when you play for the Flyers you're a flyer, and it's you're, you're part of a history of tough players.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you You know, definitely that to through fire for sure. You know, uh, I I was healthy. My you know my my hands were healthy, and you know it's just go in there scrapping. And, you know, that's that's how that team played. You know, and they continued that tradition of hard nosed hockey, and I just bought into it, and uh, you know did what I good for my team and you know uh, stick up to my team and try to win hockey games
0: I'm sure they miss you there um, I mean I'm sure every uh, everywhere you play they miss you but uh, I know everyone misses you here but uh, like I said I mean I, I, I defend Philly fans people say you're in New York or I do you defend Philly fans and I say I lived there for 10 years I know the city and um, you know they're just great fans I guess one thing I do want to ask you did, when you lived there did you have a favorite cheesesteak place yeah which one I did it was
1: uh, Jim's cheesesteaks on South Street.
0: Okay, that, Jim's is a very good place, absolutely. Uh, best place, I think. Well, I don't think it's the best. I think it's yeah. good.
1: Who who do, you, who do you have number
0: one? Tony Luke's.
1: No, Tony Luke's is number two. No, come on, come on. Listen, the bread, the bread, the bread does it all.
0: I'm gonna tell you who's number Jim's two. Got,
1: Jim's got the best bread.
0: I'm gonna tell Jim's you who's number two. And you may, Don't, tell me, don't you,
1: tell me Pat or Gino.
0: No, 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 no. And the reason why I'm going to say you may have never had it is because it's not down towards Center City or South Street. It was actually in the northeast up where we live. Now, there's a bridge to Coney Palmyra Bridge. For people who aren't familiar, it's one of the bridges that connect uh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia with New Jersey. Right over the bridge, when you cross into Philadelphia, in, it's in the middle of row homes. If you, if you drive too fast, you'll miss it. It's a place that used to be called Chinks. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Did you ever hear okay, it? No. Okay. No. So it used to be called Chinks. Of course, with the... And it's actually... This, they were ahead of their time. The guy wasn't Asian. It was a nickname he had for when he was a kid. But, of course, people complain Now it's called Joe's. Okay? And okay. this place... Oh, uh, Is that why it's number two? No, because I I... <laughs> I no, I'm actually mad they changed the name. I'm I'm old school. I want them to still be Chinks, but we that place is, and because it's it's away from the city, a lot of people don't know it. But that is my number two. Jim's I would okay. say, is third. But
1: no, don't gyms. Uh, we're gonna right, we, we got to get off the topic because we're just gonna argue about
0: it. We'll have to take a trip down there one day. Jim's All right. Tony Luke's. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll say all number three. Well, Pat and G No, they're tourist. Tra- they're tourist no. attractions. No, absolutely not. Uh, but one day, maybe we'll take a ride down there. We'll get all three, and uh, and we'll decide. But uh, I'll give you jam- I'll, hit, I'll I'll hit up G for some tickets. We'll go watch the game and have a cheese up. Perfect. Absolutely. So, uh, how'd you end up with the Penguins? Uh,
1: Dan Blasmo was there. Yeah. Uh, he was the head coach. I had Dan in in. Uh, he was an assistant with the Islanders. Mm-hmm. When I was here and uh, you know, he you know, liked my game and, you know, knew I could play and uh you know, asked me to come over and and, and join, you know, they're they're a club that I thought was close to winning the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I, I signed a two, i believe I signed a two year deal and you know, and uh, Sid and Gino got hurt and you know, we I had a great series against against uh against Tampa and you know, uh, it's just uh, it's tough when you got two two of the best players in the world injured, and uh, you know we uh, we kind of blew it against Tampa. We we're up three one and ended up uh, losing at
0: seven. I mean, it's got to be hard for someone like you to replace both Sid and Gino, right? I mean, you can only do so much. Well, I tried. <laughs> I was the
1: leading goal scorer, tied with the leading goal scorer on the team in the playoffs. So
0: I did my best. Yeah, three and seven games. That's not too bad.
1: Three and one. I think three goals and assists. So yep. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. good
0: for a plain uh, seven minutes a night. Yeah, it's <laughs> not too bad. You, yeah. uh, your first fight in the regular season was against uh, Adam McQuaid, and uh, uh, as my notes say, the fight started slowly, but then it just erupted into this war. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I believe I do.
1: He's a big tough kid. Yeah, and uh, you know, just playing hard, and next thing you know, you know, we're scrapping and. Uh, Started off a little slow, trying to you know, kind of never seen him fight before. Didn't really know much about him, so I was just kind of trying to get a read. And then from there, it was just uh, you know, just punch each other in the face and
0: <laughs> go from there. Uh, and believe it or not, you managed to fight uh, Z two more times this year. Uh, you were obviously with Pittsburgh. He had moved to the island, so that created quite the conundrum for me. Uh, I just didn't want anyone to get hurt, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think what happened was that he skated by you and said he's a better poker player, and you couldn't handle that. <laughs> so
1: yeah, it seems like we always uh, you know, we always met up. we were, you know similar size. You know, just doing all we have to do to uh, you know be a regular and uh, try to stay in the lineup. And you know, we always had good kills. No one
0: got, uh, got hurt too bad, so yeah. it was uh, you know it's part of the game. Um, your first year back, well your first year with Pittsburgh, we had already discussed Eric Goddard uh, and he was not there your second year. Um, Steve McIntyre played a few games but he was he was used very minimally. Um, I don't think Derek, I think Derek Englund is a little more established now. I don't know how established he was back then and I don't think uh, Brooks Orp, but his, his main goal, even though he's a monster, um, he doesn't really go looking for it. So when a guy like Goddard is gone, and even though you're not a heavyweight in stature, I mean you'll fight anybody. Um, does, did that change your role that second year without Goddard and only having Steve McIntyre play for 12 games? Uh,
1: no, not really. You know, Engel was you know in the minors he was he was tough. In junior he fought. You know, you know we knew he, you know, he could obviously you know help help the situation. And with Mac, yeah, everyone was just terrified of the guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like,
1: he's, he's huge. He threw both. Very technical, very good fighter. You know, guys were just terrified of him. Yeah. You know, uh, and then there's me who, you know, just doing my thing. But, uh, you know, Angle, it, it, it was tough losing Godley, like, especially mm-hmm. for the dressing room. Like, just an unbelievable teammate and, you know, funny in the dressing room. Everyone loved him. Yeah. His wife was great. You know it was it, it was definitely a tough loss losing him and uh, you know but he went on to calgary and you know did well for himself there so yeah but it's uh you know it's always tough losing uh losing a guy like you know like like eric but uh you know we had we had mac and then we had uh we had engel who uh who played the game hard we, you know max talbot he didn't fight heavyweight but you know he was always there to you know to, to do what he could you know and uh you know, just, uh is just unfortunate that, uh, you know, Sid was doing, going through his you know his head problems and, you know, Gino at the ACL. It was, it was just tough.
0: Now, this season, everybody um, always talks about the Jay Beagle incident. And uh, yeah. I think, first, the thing that annoys me about it is uh, everyone wants to talk about what happened afterwards. Nobody talks about what led up to it. Where you were actually defending a teammate, you were actually stepping in for Chris Le- uh, Letang. Uh, You're actually doing your, you know, doing part of your job, stepping in for a teammate, uh, and you ended up in a fight with Jay Beagle. You, you knocked him out, um, and you, you did the sleep thing and everything. Um, <laughs> and I know, I know how you felt afterwards. I know that you know, yeah. in the heat of the moment, it happens. And I, I think what what people behind the keyboard and especially the media and everything like that who've never had adrenaline like that, who've never been in a situation like that, it's easy to criticize from a distance. But yeah. immediately, and, and I know we've talked about it already, and I know how bad you felt afterwards, nobody talks about the fact that you were stepping up for a teammate, and then nobody talks about how you're tapping your stick on the glass once he got up. Like It was almost like you did that, it was a momentary lapse of judgment, whatever. You felt bad immediately. It it pro- I don't know it probably doesn't irritate you anymore. It actually still irritates me because I don't let things go. But um, <laughs> take me can you take me through the whole situation with that? Yeah, it
1: was. Uh, yeah, it they, they was kind of like a little scrum. Uh, Chris was playing the body and the uh, beagle kind of ripped his helmet off, kind of punched him in the face. And the thing is, people like people think I, I like I went over there. And, you know, I was made. You know. Made him fight. It mm-hmm. was it was nothing. I went over there and I was like, "Hey kid, do that shit again. You're gonna have to fight." And he's like, "Well, let's go now." Then.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: he he wanted to fight. Like I was just going over to tell because I you know I didn't know who the hell this kid was. He, he you know yeah obviously he had a, I I didn't know, I knew he did fight
0: yeah
1: you know so I wasn't going over there to be a bully and to beat this kid up. It was like, "Hey, settle down. You keep doing that shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're going." And he was like, no, we want. let's go now. So I'm not going to say no. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, then the fight, it was, you know, he had a hold of my right. And I was just waiting. He was throwing punches. And I knew once I got my arm settled, and I knew, it was, you know, it's was going to be fine. And uh, if he wasn't wearing a visor, that first punch would have got him in the nose and, and broke his, at and, and least, you know, wouldn't have been square in the jaw like my second one was. But, yeah, it was... It was heat of the moment. I, uh, you know, we always had a great rivalry with Washington, and you know, the stuff after is, you know, I thought he was going to be, wasn't going to be on the ice for a minute, whatever, how long he was on there bleeding like that. I didn't really notice how bad he was until I got to the box and turned around and actually seen him still laying there. So yeah. it was, it was unfortunate. I, uh, I felt terrible, terrible about it. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, Right after I, right after the game, Ty actually Ty Domi was at the game. he was down. he's friends with Mario, mm-hmm. Mario, they're down in the lounge, and I got undressed and went in there and went and said hi to Ty and uh, Mario. I was like, oh, I was like, uh, Ty was like, hey man, sticking up your teammate. Don't worry about it shit happens. Yeah. You know, Ty was great about it. Mario mm-hmm. was like, you know, shit happens. You know, and then I I went home and then all the. the the news and everything and you know, I was getting calls. I, I just felt awful. So I mm-hmm. I re- I reached out to Mike Canooble who was on the on the Washington and I was like, hey, you know, how's the kid doing? you know, tell, tell him 'em I'm sorry about, you know, the gestures after, you know, stupid and blah 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 and uh, you know, they uh that's just a good good week, man. A good week I was rattled. Yeah. You know, couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't sleep. Yep. Like just just get torn on like that's my like I've never been suspended. I've you know it, it was always an honest player you know, my name was kinda of being drugged through the mud and yeah. You know, uh, that that kind of made me pissed off. And, uh, you know, I it was let me tell you, two, three nights, not a wink.
0: Yeah. Just
1: awful. It was brutal, but uh it is what it is, man. yeah it's something that uh you know I learned from and you know, I apologize right after. I, I, I wasn't asked to apologize. It's not like you're telling me, Hey, you know, get you know, it was I, I meant it. I was you know I wasn't sorry for fight. Right. But, you know, sorry for my gestures after I you know every fight you don't want to go in there. You know, you wanna go in there and beat the guy but you don't want to beat him senseless. Yeah. Know? No, of course. And, uh, you know, so uh, you know but I felt bad and, you know, it was a good good week, man. Good week of just getting my name drug through the yeah. you know, the trash. It was that was probably the hardest part. Was you know something that I uh, you know I tried uh, <clears> to <throat> having a good rep- good reputation and you know one stupid sh- stupid thing you know cost me that so that was that was probably the hardest thing about it.
0: Yeah, um, it's funny because I'm sure a lot of the criticism, most of the criticism was coming from the Washington D.C. area, probably by a lot of the same people now who defend every single thing that Tom Wilson does, so they're a little hypocritical uh, on that aspect, but uh, you know, it just, uh, like I said, it goes to, most of the people that are are critical are behind a keyboard or, you know, writing papers and you know, I, I've, you know, maybe once in my life had an adrenaline experience that I, I, I can say most people probably never will experience and you know, for someone like yourself, you get into a fight. It's it's either him or you, and you don't. Yeah. However many fights you have in your career, you don't. It's very rare that you get a clean knockout, and the adrenaline yeah. just had to be going. You know, it's it's physical, and it goes through your body. And you did it, and and like I said, it just makes me laugh. All the criticism you took from a lot of people who have never been in a fight, have never had an adrenaline rush like that before. But it's okay. You know, like I said. Uh, you know, the funny thing I always say is the people that are the most critical are the ones who would need to, uh, need people to defend them. So uh, you know,
1: it was like yeah, it, it was bad. Like yeah. Aaron Ward, who played with uh, Detroit
0: and so on.
1: He was he was friggin' giving it to me on uh, on TSN.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: I got uh, this guy like oh, <laughs> I'm gonna kill that guy when I play. Again. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Weeks, he stuck up for me, Kevin Weeks stuck up for me, and, you know... So, you know, it, it was nice to get that support from, uh, you know, from a few of them, but... Yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them were throwing daggers, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which hurt, but, hey, nothing to need to throw more than that at me to, <laughs> not, you know, to keep me down, so... Uh, but, I learned from it, yeah. and, you know, shit happened, so...
0: And, and here's the thing, here's another thing that these people don't understand. Uh, the next game you played Washington, not the next game on the schedule, but the next time you played Washington, you've yep. been you've been through this game enough. You knew someone was coming after you, and yep. your ex teammate John Erskine came a calling. You guys had a fight, and it was over. Yep. yep. Oh yep. yeah,
1: I knew. Yeah, I knew John was going to be John.
0: Yeah. Because
1: uh, that game in Pittsburgh, I was, bit, I, I, I was I played like the last four minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had like two shifts. And Hendricks was, uh, you know, wasn't coming after me, and once all, oh, I, I knew he wasn't. Gonna, so I knew it was going to be John. And I think my first shift, I got, a, I set up uh, Craig Adams. So you know, I, I had a good first shift, and then uh, I knew it was right off the draw. I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And I skated up, and he was like, he was like, "Ash, this game is the look."
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you know, I, I knew John, you know John. Yeah. a Good guy. And, mm-hmm.
1: You know, I played with him in, on the island. And, I was like, yeah, for sure. You've got to do what you got to do. And I obviously wasn't going to say no. You know, yeah. like, crazy? Yeah, but I, yeah, for sure. Let's go. We had a good fight. Yep. Uh, looked worse than it was. But, you know, I had a couple of good shots in on him. He hit me a few times, but no damage, mm-hmm. you know. do yeah. the crime, I paid
0: <laughs> the time and let's go. So. Yep. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, having the fight. You know, it, it, the whole situation, it is what it is. And, and like I said, I think with a lot of people outside of hockey and outside of the, the people who don't quite get the role and everything, you know, the starts of the fight and then you know, you know, and a lot of people in your position, well, especially nowadays, I, I, I'll even go back to Tom Wilson <coughs> a couple of years ago. <coughs> excuse me, Tom Wilson ends Lubomir Visnovsky's career with a cheap hit. And then uh, next season, Eric Bolton, has to chase him around, chase him around. Wilson never answers, never answers the bell against Bolton. Never, ever even looks at him. And uh, Scott Mayfield, char- smart. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. But you know what? You you knew, you knew that John Erskine was coming after you, and you fought him. And anyone that ever has yeah. ever seen John Erskine fight knows that that's no easy task. The guy's an absolute killer. You, you knew he was coming after you and you fought. You, you held up your end of the bargain. It's yeah. It's one of the beautiful things that hockey used to have, frontier justice. So now Wilson ends this guy's career. Now Bolton comes after him. And then Bolton has to spend, I think he it was in the preseason the first time in regular season. So Wilson wants no part of him. And again, I, I don't know if I'd want to fight Eric Bolton, to be honest with you. But I know if I, uh, if I ended someone's career, I know I'd have to answer the bell. But... Yeah. Wilson did have time, of course, to fight Anders Lee when Anders Lee came fighting him. So, uh, like I said, I would take any criticism from uh, Washington, D.C. with a green of salt. So, yeah, um, that's... You know, I
1: don't know, man. That's, that's, that's
0: just... Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. This shouldn't, be,
1: shouldn't be like that. Yeah. The, the way the, the new players, the new tough guys coming in, that's, that's that's how they play the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's refreshing when you watch a guy like Reeves and you know we're lucky here on the island that we got Ross Johnston here, and you know there's still yeah. there's still you know Lucic is still playing. There's still a few guys that that play the way uh, it should be played. So uh you know hopefully uh my biggest fear is that at some point when they do the expansion draft that Ross is not going to be protected. And he's going to end up in Seattle. So hopefully I'm wrong, but uh, but, but well, I lo- it's
1: it's just I know it. Yeah, you know I I would love to play in this area.
0: Now. Yeah. Oh, you know, worrying
1: about fighting every night. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, still there, where I could uh, actually, you know, I could play. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I got to actually be able to score twenty. Who knows? Oh, definitely uh, you know? twenty. But, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but I know it's just—it's uh, definitely entertaining, but it's not—it's not entertaining. You know, that's no. weird. It's—I—I <laughs> I, I, I just love hockey so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, even if the is not going to be in it, I'm still going to watch it. I still, you know, I still work it down. I still involved with the hockey, so. Still love taking my boys to it, but my young boy, my uh, my seven year old, always does the good nights, <laughs> good night sleep like <laughs> me, which, is, which I which I think is funny because I always you know YouTube you look up my name and yeah. see some plays yeah so
0: it's,
1: yeah. it's awesome seeing
0: no definitely no you you're locked to get twenty goals nowadays I mean people probably be scared ninety eight percent of league would be scared to death of you <laughs> if it went on YouTube but. Uh, um, there was another incident in the playoffs uh, that year uh, against your old team, Philadelphia. You had an incident with uh, Braden Shen. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you want to explain uh, that one?
1: Yeah, that was just you know we were, we were not. I think we were down two to one, or maybe we were down two in the series. And uh, you know, I'm a good friend of mine, Paul. Got we played them in Jersey, and he got hit, which I didn't like, and mm-hmm. went in there and I. Uh, I went and cross-checked him. It looked like it got... Like, I knew I didn't get him in the face or yeah. the neck. Mm-hmm. I got him in the chest. And that's why I punched him in the head. Yeah.
0: Because
1: I knew I didn't get him good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't trying to go at his face or his neck. I was trying to get him, you know, around the arms. And he, they rode up because he threw his fucking hands in the air. Can you swear in there? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> threw his fucking hands like he was shot and went down. And I knew I didn't get him good enough. So that's why I punched him. I gave him a little rabbit punch in the back of the head. Yeah. So and so, so I had my meeting and with with Shanny, and I, I I just told him the truth. It was like, Shanny, like I knew I didn't get him. You know, I had a cross check it looked bad, but it was freaking body up, like it was shot. That's why I punched him in the head because I knew I didn't get him good enough, and I put, you know, like, don't be doing that shit again. And, like you know, I was like, what like, what do you expect? Like shit. I remember watching you I played against you like you, you, you yeah exactly you know, like mm-hmm. come on man like throw me a bone here like. yep. yeah yeah he, he threw me one threw me four games <laughs> yeah <laughs> he said he he told me it was it was two for the, it was two for the cross check yeah and then two for the punch in the back of the head I was like come on man and then you know the that freaking kid was smiling at me yeah in warm up the I think the first game back I was playing he was like giving me this that fucking smile and I wanted to kill him but mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah shitty man as shitty yeah. as you know we, we lost the series and you know probably uh, you know I don't know if it would have motivated him or not but uh, you know it, it is what it is and uh, you know like I like the kids game like Shanna, great, great player you know just yeah.
0: do anything to win man do anything to win well we're entering the part of the interview that is uh, as happy as I was that day at the draft party. This is sort of the dark ages. Um, how did you end up signing with the Rangers? Ah, good question. <laughs> I was in I was in Pitt right towards
1: the I think the summer was just beginning. I was I was staying there. I was I was training. My I, my son was in a was in preschool, and so I was I was hanging around there, and then uh, just got a call. And, I don't think, uh, I think the cross-check and the punch in the head didn't sit well with uh, the with ownership <laughs> and management. Uh, and the Rangers called for, for a two-year deal and towards the end of my career. And, uh, you know, not too many options. So, you know, I never made a million dollars in my career. So I was like, hey, let's go to the Big Apple. Yeah. Big mistake.
0: <laughs> well, I could have told you that, but... I don't remember you calling me to ask, so I mean, I don't... Uh, now... Well, when
1: there's not many opportunities,
0: you know, you got to take what you can get, so, uh, so yeah. I think that, um, and the one thing I will say, because uh, when, when uh, we came back from Philadelphia, I worked in the Madison Square Garden box office for a few years, and I've seen... I saw firsthand hand how uh, the organization treats people first class. I mean, I, I, I forget about not necessarily the coaches or whatever but um the way that uh, the organization will will treat people so as like i, I had this conversation with uh, sean Byron about his kid bowen and i had said my biggest fear was that the rangers were going to pick him uh i would have been happy for him because i know they would have treated him like gold but i'm very happy that uh, he didn't end up with the rangers but um so i i mean i was happy for him i figured they would treat you okay uh but uh you know, of course, I don't like seeing you in that disgusting uniform. Um, so that season, though, there was another lockout, and yeah. was there a training? <laughs> yeah. was there a training camp at all, or you guys didn't even reach to go to camp? Uh, no, but
1: we I think we had like a week and a little bit to you know kind of get ready for the season. When you know when it started after after the New Year, and uh, I, you know, I was I was training here in, on the island. I was working in. Uh, professional health, uh, professional pro fitness, and, you know, I was in good shape, I was, I was ready to go, and, you know, I didn't play much, and mm-hmm. I think I ended up, I, I, got a concussion, I know that, smashed my head against the boards, trying to throw a hit, and,
0: yeah.
1: or, or was, I don't know, I think I was, in, I don't know, I get all my years, up. <laughs> i played with so many teams, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it just, I love Torts, you know, Torts was a great coach, and then, Torts mm-hmm. got let go my, uh, my 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 second year in, and uh, I don't know. It was uh, I kind of knew going in that you know we we get off to a, to a shaky start because they're they're killing me in camp. I was doing two a days. I was I played in every exit. Like they were trying to break me to quit because they they wanted me. They knew I was going to minus. This is the next season with Vigneault. Yeah, this is with Vigneault. You know, okay. we 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 had this. Uh, you know a clean slate they said you know mm-hmm. you know a new guy you know he'd come in here and you know so i went in there and uh yeah they took me through the grinds i think they they wanted me to try to freaking retire me because i not once in my career was i doing two days yeah in camp Never. like a full practice skate next full practice skate then i would play a back-to-back game like it was fucking ridiculous Shit. I, I just battled through it like fuck these guys like I battled battled battled, battled and then uh, first played played the three first three four games maybe and then uh, we we didn't play well and then I guess it was me and Biron's fault because they, uh, <laughs> they, sent, they they sent me and Marty down so yeah. I guess my four minutes a game was really costing <laughs> cost, <laughs> the cost of the game but let me tell you a thing that pissed me off okay. I was still living on like I was still in point with Yeah. My son has ADHD, so we had him in a good school, comfortable surroundings. All his friends are here. So the last thing I want to do is pack him up and move we'll to a new school. So I sacrificed for my family. I, I lived on the island, and I drove every day to Westchester to practice in the morning. I would you know train into the games and do whatever that. So when when you're in the NHL and they send you down, they're supposed to pay for your, your house you're in. And they friggin' fought me on it because, okay. I lived in, because I lived in Islander country and blah, blah, blah. Seriously, that was part of their... But I lived in Islander country. No way. That's why, that's why they... So I ended up losing, like... I think they owed me, like, 35, 40 grand or something. I ended up getting, like, 8,000 it.
0: No shit.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, I went to arbitration and all that with them. But, yeah, that's... They said I was living on... Uh, I was living in Islander territory. Islander... Uh,
0: yeah. Jesus, that sounds like something Milbury would pull. So nah, I was like, fuck these guys. Wow. All right, well, if we can go back to your first year with the Rangers, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about. So yep. uh, I talked about him, Eric Bolton, ended up fighting him, and um, yep. now that, because you were on the shitty Rangers, um, now you're playing the Islanders, now you're on the other side of the rivalry. Now, you were a, a pretty key guy during your time with the Islanders, uh, in that rivalry now you're on the other side um were you there long enough to really get a feel for the rivalry from the ranger side
1: uh, not really yeah you know uh, I wasn't I, I think we might have played him like two times maybe okay and i might have sat out one of the games but uh but you, you know it doesn't matter where you are you, you know they hate each other yeah you know, that's they, if it's preseason, they, you know, they just don't like each other.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and unfortunately, I was on the other side, and uh, you know, I got to do what I got to do, and you know, mean, Bolts had a good fight, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Bolts is an animal. I love that guy. Ah, so. he's a, he's just a great guy. Yeah. Really good guy. He coached with me a couple mm-hmm. times in Quebec. And, yeah. Uh, coaching his kids and stuff, and
0: he's mm-hmm. a hoot. Yeah, he'll be on here soon, so, uh, uh, one guy I want to ask you about, and again, because you had such a shitty time with the Rangers, but, uh, I don't think he had a great time with them either, and he's actually still, he's come full circle, he's with them again, and that's Michael Haley. Uh, you may guess I'm a big Michael Haley fan, uh, so, uh, so do you have any memories of playing with him?
1: Oh, I love him. Yeah. He's a
0: good good guy, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
1: We, uh, we played with him, I I was actually in the minors with him, I believe. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. This play to play your bed. He was, you know, he does this thing. He works hard. He's got good skill. And
0: yeah.
1: You know, he's a tough kid. I'm not sure if he's still playing or. Well, or
0: not. I, he's there, and and to me, this was a this was the slap in the face I never thought I would get. But you know, as we've discussed a few times with the way hockey is now, um, as an Islander fan, like we discussed, I you know, we're fortunate we have Ross Johnston here, and uh, you know, Rangers have him, and they got. Uh, Claude them you son, I guess. Uh, but so you yeah. figure Ross Johnston may not play against Tampa. I think that's a given. Like if I'm gonna watch the Islanders in Tampa, I kind of figure Ross may not get in the game. But Islanders Rangers, Ross Johnston has to be in the lineup, right? Well, the last game they played before COVID, they play the Rangers, healthy scratch, Ross Johnston, healthy scratch, Michael Halley, and I'm going, Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. It's affected The so called rivalry now, where the two heavyweights, you know, not that, I mean, Michael's not a heavyweight in terms of weight and stature, but he fights everybody. Um, and I'm going Haley and Johnston, they can't play against each other in a fucking Islander Ranger game. (laughs) You win a job, bud. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, your last fight of the season in your in your first Ranger season, I'm sure you remember this. I think there's a backstory to it. Uh, Georgie Paros of the Florida Panthers. Yeah. I think it had something to do with um, Eric Gubranson. I never know how yeah. to say his name. It was uh, something that happened in the game before, and then you and George met up. Can you tell us a little bit about the backstory? And then uh...
1: we were we were up like five to one, and uh, towards wants you to finish your checks, every check, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, you're up 5 months. And, it, and it's not like I went and ran at the guy, I rubbed him out, and he got tangled up, and I don't know if he hit the partition, and like, he ended up like, separating his shoulder, so George is screaming at me, screaming at me, like, he's thinking I'm going to be intimidated or something, like, screaming at me, screaming at me, like, we play you next week, we play you next week, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 that's kind of how it started, and yeah. You know, he threw a hit, the guy got hurt, and we go into to the next game, and, you know, it happened, and I had a good fight. It wasn't like he, you know, beat the crap out of me. I hit him with some good shots, and, you know, score settled, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. It was a good fight, you know. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, 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 I fight big guys good for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Bigger targets. Yeah, just, I don't know. Good technique, I guess. Well,
0: yeah, you're pretty good. You're, you're, uh, you're pretty bad. good. Not yeah. bad. Now, that second season, we already talked about the vigno, but obviously, you're, you know, Danny LaCroix is back. You know I love Danny. But the other assistant coach, now, I'm an old man. I'm a cranky old man. I've watched a lot of hockey in my life. I hate nobody as much as I hate Ole Sanderson. Hate with a passion. In all sports, there's not a person that has ever played a sport that I hate more than all Samuelson. But I bet you're gonna tell me that he's a pretty good guy. I
1: I didn't really talk to him that much to tell yeah. you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he worked with a D, you know, I obviously say an idol and stuff, but you we know, yeah. never really sat down and and had a you know heart to heart conversation, so yeah. but uh, you know, from from you know, yeah, he was a dick to play against <laughs> he, was, he was uh you know, he's one of those guys that uh, you know, guys wanted to kill and uh well, he wasn't that bad, you know. Like I said, I, I didn't really have uh you know heart to heart with him that much, and uh, he kind of was worried about the the D and uh, yeah. okay.
0: You know, was kind of uh, he was about the PK guy, and you know, I didn't play any of it. I never talked to him. <laughs> yeah, I fucking, hate. I still hate him. I want, he probably hasn't taken a shift in twenty years. I still fucking hate the guy. So, uh, you know, but I guess that's his him. job then, right? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I guess he did his job, but fuck that guy anyway. Um, so <laughs> a guy that you played. well, let's discuss that That second season. You, you ended up playing six games before they screwed you over. You actually started the season okay. You you started out west, had a fight with Kyle Clifford. You had a fight with Patty Maroon, and the Maroon fight was, was comical because uh, you removed your helmet. He undid his chin, oh, uh, he undid his chin strap. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, and again, it's it's something that, it's like a gentleman's agreement because they come up with these stupid rules and, so I got, you know.
1: I got, I, got, I got two minutes for that, too. Two and five. Yeah. I didn't think he was, I thought we're, you know, he had a bias around. Yeah. You your helmet up? Mm-hmm. And he didn't. And I was like, ah, two minutes there. I that one. <laughs> uh, Fuck. No, yeah. I'll never get here again.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so we, we discussed, you ended up in the minors. Obviously, like you say, you never had two you never had this did you, like you said you you have made you feel like they wanted you to retire even in spite of all that when they put you on waivers were you surprised no okay
1: no I knew it was a, I was just I knew it was just a matter of time there's yeah. like, something to send me down I, I knew it I knew it was coming mm-hmm. uh, it was just it was just a matter of winning I knew when we started off slow and we weren't playing that good I was like I'm, I'm cooked yeah. you know like, sure I went down there I, I, I'm i not lying. I wasn't happy like, I was yeah. just the first fucking little while and, mm. but uh, you know I had to you know, finally started uh, you know but what, I wasn't playing down there either that's good yeah. you know this healthy scratch me and that kind of put me in a little uh, <laughs> that's crazy. You know, but, uh, crazy but I was uh, well you're only allowed like five players three players or under you know over a certain amount of games and yeah. you know, like, I, like, I honestly thought they were trying to retire me. I just went down there and, you know, they did the practices. I was, you know, trying to be a good teammate. I fought a few times and, yeah. you know, and did my thing. But, uh, yeah, those those morning skates, when they tried to skate me, it was... Fuck. Oh. I, I, this, this one time, I, I just sat on the boards and watched Ken Denander do Wally's. For 15 minutes, to drink water, and then he was like, "Oh," and then I skated off like fucking 36 years old. I got even games in the show, and he fucking oh. healthy scratch me and bag skating me. But I was pissed. I, yeah. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have did what I did. But mm. you know, I was. I wasn't happy. I I knew what they're trying to do, and I thought it was disrespectful, and probably should have been a more professional about it. But hey well what it is
0: well just um you know you know this story obviously you're part of it but um a couple of weeks ago uh my wife went into uh, a, a store to buy wine and she <laughs> saw she saw ash and uh and obviously like i said we've known you a long time and uh for people that don't know my wife uh you know she's very confident and if, if you're doing something she doesn't like she'll tell you so uh <laughs> Ash was wearing a devil shirt that day, and uh, I think she was chirping you a little bit. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. she was chirping you. And then she did say it's okay that, uh, you know, as long as she never sees you wearing a ranger shirt. And now after hearing this, I don't think she's ever going to see you wearing a ranger shirt anyway. No.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely not. But, yeah, that was funny. Like, it was a laundry day.
0: so.
1: Uh, <laughs> Nobody, yeah, it, you know, I now and then I get noticed, you know, around, you know, I've, I've been, you know, doing a lot of hockey, and a lot of, uh, I did the TV analyst for a little bit, and, yeah. uh, you know, I obviously worked with a lot of kids now, so, uh, yeah, but I wasn't expecting to, to, <laughs> to see anyone, and I went and grabbed a bottle, of, I think I was grabbing a bottle of scotch, yeah. and uh, I'm a scotch guy now, so, I uh, went and grabbed a bottle of scotch, and I've seen, uh, yeah, I see my the wife there. And she, yeah. uh, she called me out on it.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I think I told her. I was like, I think it's a laundry day or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she said that. Too. Yes, absolutely. But like I said, she's like, I just saw Ash. She's wearing a devil shirt. What the fuck? And I'm just like, I can only play for like 20 teams. It's just one of the teams you play for. And then she's like, ah, uh, it's all right. It's almost not a Ranger shirt. So now at least I'll tell her that... Uh, if she ever sees you in a ranger shirt, she should call 911 because it's, it's, something got to be wrong with you. If she sees in a
1: ranger shirt, I give her permission to come up and kick me in the nuts. No. Okay. Oh, uh, well. So I know for sure it's not going to happen.
0: Excellent. Um, before we leave the Rangers, though, there's one guy I want to ask you about that you played with in Hartford, uh, and that's The Undertaker, uh, Dylan McElrath. Oh, yeah, Mac. Great
1: kid. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's a Winnipeg boy, too, so he, he grew up... Uh... You know, in parts where you know where I'm familiar with, and you know, he's—I don't think they gave him, you know, a good enough chance. He's a—you know—he was a big kid. He had he had some knee problems early, but you know, I think he recovered fine from and Yeah. You know, I—I think if they would have given him a little, you know, a little bit more time up there, get his confidence going, you know, I think he could have turned into a solid, you know, five, fifth, sixth defenseman, even if he's a seventh, you know, grinding in. You know, but. But they didn't, and uh, you know he was tough as nails. Yeah. Fought everyone. Stuck up for his teammates. He's a great midrusher. I have nothing bad to say against Mac at all. Yeah. Love the kid.
0: No, I like him too. It's uh, it's unfortunate that he was part of that organization too, but I, I love the kid. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this was your last fight, but it was. I mean, you you had 32 penalty minutes, so you didn't have too many down there. Uh, but you fought a guy who was uh, we're talking tough as nails, a guy who ended up getting some games with the Islanders. Uh, Brett Gallant, who was with Bridgeport at the time, uh, which I, I've watched it. It's just a crazy, crazy slugfest. What a fight that was. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that, that all started warm.
0: Oh, go ahead. One of the rookies,
1: I don't know what he was doing, but he skidded over the line. and He got Gallant uh, whacked him or something, and he was chirping at him. And then I knew, fuck, you know, who else? Hales, I, I don't think Hales was was playing if he was I don't know but mm-hmm. we lined up against each other and of course he starts giving me the hook mm-hmm. like this fucking kid <laughs> so I was like okay mm-hmm. so I, so, we, so yeah, we had a pretty good fight and then yeah. after the period was over I went in the dressing room and I told the kid I was like hey next time you fucking act up and fucking warm up you, you, you're doing this shit yourself yeah. was, fuck I'm 36 years old like fuck mm-hmm. you know fucking man up fucking 25-22 year old you're gonna to act tough to fucking do your job it's fucking furious but hey yeah it's part of the game you know but you know if you fucking act tough and warm up you fucking do it in the fucking game you know yeah so <clears throat> but I was I was just I was just sour with the whole fucking situation yeah I was in, you know, that fucking absolutely <laughs> so, well I, I only had I think I only had a couple fights in my right
0: yeah, because like I said, you only had 32 penalty minutes. I, I think that and, might be the only one I, I have on video is the Gallant one, which is probably the one I would want anyway. I mean, aside from the fact that it was an absolute war, of course, as you may imagine, I'm a fan of Brick Gallant also. So, uh, uh,
1: so am I too. Yeah. yeah, guy's very good fighter. Yep, very good fighter. Yeah.
0: So speaking of very good fighters, uh, I don't think you played any organized hockey. Maybe you farted around a little bit the season after. But in 2015-16, I believe you were a ringer for the Gander Flyers in the Newfoundland scene. Wait, how does Terry say it? I want to say it how he says it. I can't say it. I'm just going to quote Newfoundland. 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 Yeah, he says it. Yeah, well, he says it because he's from there. I always like to say it the way they say it. But uh, what happened? Did TR make the call? They needed a ringer and you found yourself with the Gander Flyers? Yeah,
1: he called me up. I think it was... I was, I was a year after I think I took a year off Yeah. board. He's a good friend of mine. You know? yeah, we, had, yeah. we had a lot of great times together and he was like, hey man, why don't you come up on the weekends, and play two games, you know, they'll give you a thousand dollars, we'll fly you up and blah 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 I was missing the game, I wanted to go and have some fun I love Newfoundland yeah. like this, the people there are just fantastic great food I had a buddy up there that had a restaurant, who was a famous shop in Canada, so I got to spend some time with him and mm-hmm. see Terry's wife who uh who I've known longer than Terry. Oh, is that right? Re- yeah, she's a red deer girl. Oh. So okay. I've known her since I was sixteen and mm-hmm. really you know, so it was uh so it was it was nice we went up there and seen his folks and played some hockey and drank a lot of good beers and whiskey and <laughs> you know. Only got into one fight out there yeah. You know, and, uh, it was, it was fun. It was, it was great to actually go up there and, you know, compete again and, you know, get a sled. It was great.
0: 21 points in 15 games.
1: Yeah, I was so out of shape the first, like, five or six games. hmm It was, <laughs> it was unreal. Like, everyone thinks the hockey is, like, oh, it's not, the, like, there's East Coast League players and, like, there's, like, it's a, it was a good league. Like, yeah, it was good hockey. So, it's, it was, it, it, it was nice to get over there and, uh, and shoot the puck around and have some fun again.
0: I, and obviously playing with Terry had to be awesome. I, you know, I always, one of the things I have to do, like on the bucket list, is I have to actually get up there because before the dust settles, I have to meet Gail and Terry Sr. in person because... Oh, you got to
1: go down to the basement for sure. Well,
0: yeah, I tell people all the time, it's funny, because when, when I first met Terry and Terry and I, you know, first became friends, he was young, he was still living at home. And this was before yeah. cell phones. So I, it actually is a true story. I would call, their, I would call Senior's house, and either Senior or, or Gail would answer the phone and say, hi, is Terry there, like, like we were 10 years old. But I, I mean, every t- as soon as Senior found out I was from New York, he told me all the New York City stories. And Terry's mom is such a nice lady, like I just, I have to get up there, I have to meet his parents. I, I told him, I said, if I ever get up there, I probably need a couple hours. You can go do your thing, and then just come back and get me because I got to speak to Senior and Gail. Terry,
1: like Gail is is an angel.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: senior and Junior are uh, they are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. They're they're the same person. Yeah. It, it is it is unreal. You know, I've uh, I've spent many times in the in the basement with Senior, and you know we've. Uh, drank a lot of beer, we, we actually went out one night, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was after a game or if it was the night before, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 whenever you're flying into the rock to play a game, as soon as you land, if you're in your room, you wait for friggin' curfew call and then you're out the side and you're over the fence, you're in a cab, you're going down George Street, like that was, <laughs> that's, that was the thing with, with, with uh, Michelle Tarion, she would always come and check it. Would be in our beds with sheets up to our neck. We were all fully clothed. Yeah. We'd, and he'd come in and he'd <laughs> smell because everyone put the cologne on, you know, the floor <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he knew, he knew exactly. Come in, every room, smelled like cologne. You know, so we would get fucking skated in the morning. We <laughs> we got busted. We got morning skate. We skated for an hour. Cool. And these are the guys who admitted to going out because, like, everyone was out. Yeah. But he knew, he knew me, he knew Darcy, he knew <laughs> yeah. Murphy. Mm-hmm. He knew, like, so we we're like, yeah, like, we, like, there's guys that were out that didn't fucking put their hand up with, pissed me off. Mm-hmm. But we, we fucking, there's like 10 of us that fucking got banged <sighs> for an hour straight in the morning, hung over, and then played that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking broke curfew again and then went over, because you played double headers. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but always, always on the rock we were looking secure because we were as soon as he that call came we're knocking the door and that's it out the back door <laughs> so but but, but sorry anyway yes yeah. i'll give you i'll give you the quick senior story so we're out at uh turkey joe the green slaves mm-hmm. he's doing shots of tequila senior so i do a shot senior yeah okay well we all we, we all were yeah so if you do a shot of the tequila you know you're supposed to suck in the line yeah you just eat Eat the whole lime, skinning off. Oh God! Yeah, peeling peel off. Just chew it up. It was. It was. We, would have, we had like three tequilas, you know, and he's fucking like, oh. he must have ate like four limes. Oh my God! <laughs> it was, couldn't imagine his oh. heartburn, you know, the next day. But that's his senior. He's yeah. just senior. yes Exactly like Terry. He's a great yeah. guy. Knows mm-hmm. his knows his shit. Yeah. And and you know, if you do get out there, you you will not be disappointed. No, will show you the time of your life for sure.
0: Okay, I gotta get up there for sure. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: So I know how you got to Gander, but did you end up playing for the a- Cup with a team, Grand Falls, Windsor, Cataracts? Yeah, yeah. They they uh they called me and
1: uh, added me to their uh, to their to their team and uh yeah I went out there and uh, and played with uh played with them until I got kicked out and suspended. I think.
0: Well, the only guy, I the only name that I recognized, well, maybe not recognized, the only one I noted, and that's because I know he used to play tough, but I don't know if he was there when you were there. Was Alexander? Uh, Alex, yeah, he
1: was, he was. on the
0: team
1: with us that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we got uh, picked up players on the island top. Yeah. Alex, he was. A, he was. A, he was a really tough guy too. Yeah.
0: Well, don't gloss over. You got you getting suspended. You know, I have to ask you about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were losing like three to one I think or something they hammered a guy from behind him this big goofy guy Antonission or something his name was, okay. was chirping me out chirping me chirping, chirping me you know and I was like fuck it <laughs> crushed him and got kicked out
0: <laughs> did um Good. well go ahead I'm sorry no no, you go ahead well, I was going to say did you find that when you were like let's say starting in Hartford and then in going into Gander and then like you say did you, did you feel like you were a target for some, some of the younger guys?
1: Uh, not, not, not really. No. I, I think everyone was, you know, seeing, you know, how I could handle myself. And, yeah. uh, I only, I, I only got into one fight in, uh, when I was with Gander, and it was in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and I fought this, Trevor Lewis or someone his name was, he mm-hmm. was a tough guy in the coast, and, uh, you know, I had a good tilt with him, game was doing pretty good, and, uh. Other than that, that was that was basically it.
0: yeah
1: maybe in the Allen Cup there was a guy that from, uh, from the team from Winnipeg that uh, I almost lost him on but other than that um, mm-hmm. I was everyone was pretty respectful.
0: Um, I'm not even gonna try to say this name but the next season you played a couple of games in the Allen Cup uh, for a team in uh, New Brunswick Grand Labouche or something like that right yeah I, I can't it's like boot JC's or yeah. something. Uh, How did you, you end up in New Brunswick? By the boots or something. Uh, yeah.
1: This same this same thing from you know just people watching me play and you know uh, you know like I like I was you know, I'm a pretty decent uh, decent hockey player so they just asked me if I wanted to come up and they you offered know, I think I got like five grams to uh, to come up and play for the weekend and just went up there and skated and actually that was the team that I got tossed out when it wasn't the grand. Oh okay. It was like uh, yeah, that was the boosie team, yeah. <laughs> it was good, though. You know, it's a bunch of guys just, you know, trying to win an Allen Cup. And, uh, you know, uh, we were supposed to have a decent. We actually did did not too bad for the for the team we had. But, uh, you know, it's just another experience, another ch- another chance to get out there and, uh, you know, shoot the puck around and make a little money while I'm doing
0: it. That's not too bad. Yeah, not bad at yeah. all. So uh, what is your, uh, anyone that's on Twitter uh, probably saw that uh, the Islanders uh, tweeted something the other day with you uh, giving some drills, uh, some advice for some kids, stuff they yeah. could do during the uh, the COVID. What, uh, what is your current role with the team?
1: I am the lead amateur, uh, lead ha- amateur hockey alumni, I guess you can call
0: it. Okay,
1: I coach... Uh, I do the, I do the learn to play through the NHL, through the Islanders, mm-hmm. uh, I coach teams, I do clinics, I go to games, I shake hands, I kiss babies, <laughs> you know, whatever's, uh, whatever's needed, I coach the, the Peewee AAA team that, we, that goes to Quebec for the, for the international team, uh-huh. so I've been doing that for a few years, and, uh, you know, just, uh, just coaching and trying to, uh, you know, give back to community, and, you know, I do a lot of charity stuff, and, uh. You know, uh, just try to stay active in the community, and uh, you know, get these kids, uh, you know, playing the game. The game the, you know, gave me so much,
0: and you know, it's nice to give back. The um, the Wee tournament in Quebec right? is uh, that used to be played at the Colisée, correct? Yeah. Is that is the Colisée still around, or did they tear it down? No, it's it, it's still there. Do you still play still the games there?
1: No, we play at the uh, we play at the. Uh, the the video Chomp Center. It's the uh, it's the new uh, it's the new uh, arena there, which is it's just a beautiful facility. But the old Coliseum right next door.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Um, and then yeah. f- finally, um, t- can you tell people about Aaron's chance to play? Could, uh, tell us what that's all about. Yeah, uh, it's a charity I came come
1: up I came up with. Uh, it was like sixteen years ago. Uh, you know, growing up like four brothers, you know, we never, you know, had a lot of money and, you know, a lot of people helped me along the way and, uh, you know, it was, I was in a position where I you was know, able to give back and uh, I started up the foundation. Parents' chance to play, we uh, we played for equipment, we played for hotels, we played for registration for, uh, you know, families, just uh, a- any family, just not indigenous, but, uh, you know, any, any family, single mom that, you know, needs help. I I needed it along the way, and without that help and without those people, you know, stepping up for me, who knows where I'd be, I, you know? Like from the, the way I grew up, like you know, I could've been in jail. Who you knows? Yeah. Like, so uh, just a way for you know for me to give back. We've been uh, we've been helping close to 40, 50 kids a year. Uh, we've been you know spending you know we've raised hundreds and thousands of dollars and. You know, obviously this year we couldn't uh, we couldn't do year 60 because of COVID. But uh, you know, next year we're coming back. We're uh, gonna have Ron McLean come down, and I'm hoping to get my uh, my celebrity chef to come down, who is uh, has one of the top restaurants in Canada and one uh, Canada's top chef. And so hopefully we're gonna have him come down and uh, make some meals and uh, you know raise some money. So uh, it's uh, it's good things. For, like 15 years, it's. Uh, you know, we're helping uh, hundreds and hundreds of kids play hockey, which is great.
0: Well, obviously, I don't know what I could possibly do, but if I can help you in any way, promote it or whatever, then just, you know, just let me know. Yeah, appreciate that. So I guess I have a final question I'd ask everybody, but there is one question I'd like to ask you. Um, so in the beginning of the interview, we talked about uh, when you were a kid, and you said you really weren't a Winnipeg Jets fan. So, No, I was. Oh, you were?
1: I wasn't a
0: Montreal fan. Oh, okay, because I was gonna ask you, why would you root for the Bombers when you can root for the Rough Riders? No, hey, who won the Great
1: Cup there? Yeah,
0: but it, I mean, I, listen, why? you gotta win. Why? You gotta win one eventually, right? You're only as good as your last game. That's fucked up because who knows when they're gonna play <laughs> the next game? You can't. that's fucked hey, up. Who's who's Great Cup champs? I don't seriously. No, see, I knew, I knew by Just asking this. Just say it. You know, it. all right. Let Just me say, say this. Blue I have, I do, I am fond of Winnipeg. All right, I am, and I, I'll tell you why. And I'm not even being funny because I miss the old team, like the Jets. I, I have a fondness for like the Jets and the Whalers and, the, and Quebec. Um, yep. You know that Chevy's the GM for the Jets now, and uh, yep. I love Chevy. So I, I have nothing against the city. I have nothing against the Jets, um, but I, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta get some green in your mailbox or something. You're very stubborn. Blue and gold, buddy. Blue and gold. Ugh.
1: All right. Seriously. What? Who, who won the last great
0: cup? It was so long ago, I forget. You know... So, who, who won? You're going to be my age one day, and you're going to forget things like I do. I can't even remember yesterday. I Did they play the great cup bombers. last year? Bombers, baby. Oh, God, The blue bombers. All right. I'll give that one to you. So, uh... Okay. I don't have to say it, but... So... Uh, The one question... I I ask everybody the same two questions. The first question I ask, like I asked you, um, who were you as a kid? And the last question I ask is, uh, we're now almost four hours into our chat. Is there anything about the career of Aaron Asham that I neglected to ask?
1: I told you about the last fight in goal in Fredericton history Yes. the Canadians. Yes. Uh, I had the last fight in the spectrum. You did? Yeah. But then like Couture. The okay. So I had the last, I had that. And uh, that's about it, man. So I covered that's everything
0: else.
1: You covered everything else. Terrific. Terrific.
0: Well, this brings us to the end of our chat. Um, you were you know this fucking covid really screwed things up because based on geography i was really hoping we were gonna we could get together and do this in person but uh you know covid sucks and uh i'm just going you yeah. yeah we got to do this over the phone and uh i would just like you know I, and i'll say this with you here because i said it in uh, part one um i know you don't do a lot of these and uh i really appreciate you taking a lot of time to do this for me because uh my my shows are very long and uh you know i told you right from the start it's not going to be a half hour and you know you gave me uh you gave me a lot of your time and i really do appreciate it man I, it means a lot to me thank you
1: no problem buddy i'm just going to go inside put the fires out okay to start so.
0: go ahead I all right uh, do the sleep motion let them know it's time for bed so uh thanks again buddy and we'll talk soon and uh best to the family okay thanks buddy you too buddy all right you, buddy. see you later bye, bye. Thanks again to Aaron for all his time, giving me basically four hours of his time. Uh, Aaron's a pretty busy guy. He does a lot of stuff. He's got kids running around. Um, And the fact that he gave me all that time really means a lot to me. And I thanked him a million times already. So here's a million and one. Thanks, Ash. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm ready to buy you that bottle of scotch if uh, if you're interested. Just let me know. Maybe I'll get you a bottle of Makers instead and try to convert you to bourbon. Uh, but again I hope that all you people enjoy listening to the four hours of Ashen because um the guy has some great stories. He's but he was very honest uh about certain things and um you know what <laughs> stories are awesome. Uh off the ice stories as well as on the ice stories. So um once again thank you and um you know, I hope you people enjoyed it. As far as next week goes, um actually I am currently uh let's see how do i put this i could potentially have three pretty awesome guests over the next three weeks now that i said that i will probably have zero awesome guests over the next three weeks because i generally uh fuck things up whenever i predict things so um since i don't have the episode recorded for next week i'm not going to say who it is but if we can uh, hook up it's going to be awesome And, uh, again, it's not awesome because of me. It's awesome because of the guest. So, uh, everybody, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, hopefully next week I can tell you who that awesome guest is and you'll enjoy his stories. And other than that, everybody, be safe. Have a great week.